there have probably been about eight scenarios, let's say, already this season where a fight has started and Reckless is in fucking Narnia. He might even still be in the closet. He's so far back. By the way, that's not a comment on his tattoos. Yeah, of course. Anyway, of course. so... <laughs> <laughs> Just unfortunate phrasing. And the Narnia was in a wardrobe, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah so... <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. Grumpy men talking about esports. It's been a while since our last episode, but that's all right. I promise the wait has been worthwhile. We have a few topics to talk about today, covering a bunch of different games and uh, taking a look at esports as a whole, the kind of ecosystem things that are kind of knocking about at the moment. My name is Froxrop. I am joined, of course, by the wonderful, magnificent, rich and Dorian, I hope you guys are doing well. I'm not even going to ask how well you're doing because I know that you're doing well. And I'm instead going to jump straight into the most important part of our side select episodes. And that is the question of the day. I was thinking about this actually when I was downstairs making my cup of tea in my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle pixel up mug. What you guys are both... You're men, you're, men, you're men of the world, I believe. Michael Bay edition, obviously. You just didn't <laughs> fuck with him, you know. <laughs> you're, it's a night, I don't always get cold. What are you talking about? There's still a little bit left. <laughs> you guys have both been around the world a little bit. Dorian, obviously, you've got your events that you're part of, uh, like esports that takes you around the world regardless. Rich, you've done esports things as well, like you're living in Berlin for one. Of course, you're not bringing the tank around the globe to here and there too. So you both have experienced different cultures. And I was wondering, right, like in England, I feel like our takeaway meta is kind of crap, right? Like we've got the McDonald's, the KFCs, the Burger Kings, whatever. And obviously you've got like a million thank god it's fridays and fish for yous and and you know kebabs are us and stuff like and that chicken right? king and yeah and, yeah, and, and like you know fucking like california fried chicken and that you're all the memes you're all the we've memes got, exactly. we've got all of those here <laughs> all of them all of those here <laughs> i was just wondering that like, have you guys ever been to like a chain like a restaurant uh, not a restaurant chain like, like a um a franchise have you ever been to like a, a food franchise in a different country that you don't see here in England that you would like to see be more of a thing over here or alternatively oh, okay. if it's not a specific okay. franchise like a type of food right so I'll I also as an asterisk here something like Taco Bell I know we have Taco Bells like we? Random, like, we have probably, three. So one in London. Yeah, yeah. right. Three, exactly. Yeah. Like one in London, okay. like Hooters Leicester, as well. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But that would still count because we don't really. Yeah, have yeah. That no, that's fair. Right. Oh, so don't worry, mate. Like that, that that makes us all sound like boomers up north, mate. Because the joke is, we always tell people that like, we don't have that stuff. And someone's like, "There's one in London." You're like, "Down in that bloody London, they've got everything." <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous, yeah. mate. So yeah, okay. Yeah. So we're just picking essentially like a chain yeah. from a different country. Exactly. Because here's the only thing I will say. I do think, actually, English takeaway is also fucking mad underrated. Because here's the problem. I'll take a Yank talking shit on that. Okay, you can do that. I'll take a South Korean talk shit on that. You bet no one on mainland Europe better ever talk shit on fucking English takeaways. Like, homie, you haven't even got your kebab sorted. Like, the joke is in Germany, there's, like, the spots that are really amazing in Cologne, and then trash. Like, you wouldn't even give feed your dog that. Pizzas, <laughs> you can forget about yeah. that on the continent, homie. They're done until you get to Italy. It's a fucking joke. So, except Sweden and has that like weird sort of trash kebab pizza is quite good so here's the thing i would say i know the, it's an easy answer for me but it's an easy one the best chain in america in my opinion and we don't have anything like this sadly is chick-fil-a 
Those on, even though it just look, it doesn't look that great as the problem. It looks like well, that could be like a, a KFC. No, it is really delicious and the, and the sort of spicy sauce they put in. It's really good. That's one of those ones where that is not overrated. Stuff like In and Out maybe is, but like I think Chick Fil A is a banger. So we, we just don't have it here, do we? See, that's like ultimate tribalism, though, isn't it? You've got your Chick Fil A people and then your In and Out people, and they're yep. both like, "Oh my God, how could you prefer that to the other?" To be honest, <laughs> I haven't tried. This is really sad, right? I I've been to America loads. And I have never tried any of their like fast foody chain things at all, apart from one, which was bloody Wendy's. And that's because I was I stopped over in uh, Philadelphia. Airport summit, yeah. 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 And there was a Wendy's there. And there was a few other things there. In fact, I think a Chick-fil-A was there as well. And I just thought, well, I'm going to pick one at random. Let's see what it's like. And it was just fucking bang average, wasn't it? I mean, when, Wendy's is like... Wendy's is all right. The, it's not bad. It's, it's just an normal burger, it's though. The it's default, just a home burger. It is yes. the default uh, takeaway restaurant. Yes. So, yeah, it was, it was it was all right. In terms of like... Yeah, I agree with Thorin that I think... I would actually argue that the UK even beats like America when it comes to takeaway, just purely Some on things, the basis yeah. that they chuck so much processed sugar and stuff yep. like that into them they don't have the same oh you know standards. when the yanks go it tastes better here it doesn't yeah. you moron you are you're, it's, that's like if i put heroin secretly yes, yours exactly. that's delicious no you've got drugs <laughs> in there because yeah. the joke is that you're saying you brought the meatballs that sauce it's like 50 percent sugar in it that's why it's delicious marinara sauce you know yeah it's like <laughs> yeah they just inject nicotine basically into their food yeah, exactly. so it's like really whatever <laughs> but yeah i mean i lived in germany for five years their food is trash that is a war general. crime there their takeaways <laughs> so and their delivery services you're gonna think i'm joking guys it just <laughs> sometimes just doesn't turn up and like that's it yep. no one's got no one cares no one's coming just enjoy going to bed hungry same, it's like some mad fucking victorian workout same as uh, the royal mail <laughs> service or the equivalent yeah, there exactly. as well it's, there's yes. a guy there's a guy on tiktok actually who does these brilliant skits where i think some of them are definitely fake i think he's got a mate that like it's got a fucking high-vis jacket, basically. But he does all okay. these skits where <laughs> the postman will, like, buzz the doorbell and then run away. And then, like, on, as he's yeah, running yeah. away, like, chuck one of those you weren't yeah. here when I buzzed notes. <laughs> and that does actually sum it up. And no more so than when you're dealing with takeaways. Like, those motherfuckers, they will do... Like, there's a, a big myth in Germany. This is actually full-on fucking tangent rant. But there's a big myth in Germany that Germans are, like, super efficient. But absolute lie one of the most cardinal lies that exists in the world yeah. they are incredibly inefficient in 90 percent. you're thinking of fucking bmw and audi or some shit and how they perform in their like efficiency tests or whatever in in reality any service that is provided is pathetic these people are so yes. lazy they will try and skirt their job no matter what until recently you couldn't even go to ikea and get stuff delivered so it's like, wait, there's a kitchen here. You home yourself. Yeah, there's a kitchen here. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we're partnered with a van service. Yeah. You can hire a van and put it in the van. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So I, <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Pick this up? Like, what's going on? So, nah, miss, miss me with... And the food is just shit as well. So it's Germany's friendly. I think UK is pretty good. Good ones generally. If I was going to pick, like... I don't know. I probably, it sounds stupid, but I'd probably go for something like Domino's, even though we have Domino's, just because if you're going to... It's not the same. Probably. If you're going to indulge in something like that, go all out. And theirs is like, they get the fucking yep. syringes and inject the crust oh, from both sides. Mate, there's, like, like, they're the ones where they do that thing, where you know those like desserts, where it's like bread that like oozes out, yeah, like yeah, yeah. cake icing. It's like, 
Y'all aren't even trying, are yeah. you? You're not, you know, you're not even giving it like a good faith try of living your life and not being destroyed by these games. By the way, a quick point before, because I want to get Foxdrop's take, but two quick things to say is, one, I could believe that once upon a time there were loads of efficient Germans. Unfortunately, I think we killed them. <laughs> that's a joke in itself. Then the, obviously, and I don't even work for Excel. <laughs> no, that, that's, oh. a, that's, a, that's a freebie. And then the other one is this. Oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Oh, there was one <laughs> other thing I was going to say on this one. Fuck, what was it? It's fine. They're still marinating. Yeah, don't worry about one. it. Don't worry. Yeah, you okay, go on the Fox Shop. Maybe I'll remember. Time, one I'm, done, I'm sure you'll have. Oh, I remember now. Here's okay, the thing. If you like this topic, and you know people love when we talk about like pop culture shit. Well, good news. When I worked at CS Summit in 2018, they did a segment like this. They went mm -hmm. and got, they went to all the big American chains of In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A and all of them, oh, right? I've seen that, and yeah. they got basic, they just went and they would say to the person, what is the most popular thing on the item? They would buy it, bring it to me. And I did an actual food review. And as, you can, and as you can imagine, it's fucking fire. You'll have to watch it to see what it's like, but it's it's... I deliver, put it out. Yeah, I I would, unlike, unlike people in Germany. I like Germans, so. yeah. I would watch that. Honestly, I'd watch your food review stuff. <laughs> I really would. There's a certain there's a certain market for niche food reviews. Do you remember the, the yeah, yeah. what was he called? That 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 London kid who always did his crep checks before the oh, I can't remember. Do you mean like, the one who would actually for real be in like a suit and tie and he'd be like, yeah. I'm now going to try this burger? And he'd be like, Yeah, yeah. And he's in like hmm, a super chicken. Eight out of ten or like, yeah. like what? <laughs> yeah. He was too sort he wasn't try hard though, I will say. I'm a bit more yeah. frivolous in man, don't worry about that. Have you noticed, by the way, how every like popular segment or like esportsy thing or whatever, like all the fucking shows back in the day, TSM Legends, or whatever, now like the most viewed shit is like esports person who we like doing something that's not esports. Yeah. It's like yep. there's something to that, I think, maybe. Honestly, where's the Yeah, oh my goodness, I was gonna rage about charisma again. The amount of... honestly, if you guys had a quid for every time that I've belted my anger about not enough charisma in esports, especially on esports broadcasts. That's exactly it. People yeah. don't give a fuck. <laughs> they just want to see fun stuff and cool things. Anyway. Mate, I'll opinion. tell you something mental, and I almost don't believe these people. Because this be real. There's sometimes I get fans who send me a message, Foxtrop, and they go, I haven't really watched League for years, but I still keep up with the shows. Yeah. It's like, what do you get? <laughs> Look, aside from good jokes and stuff and banter, like, surely when we go into all the stuff about the players, you're just, you're just tuned out. Like, yeah. Uh, and then Jerry, and like, how can you even how can you even enjoy that? But it just shows what you're saying. We must just have the report to make it yeah, work. On, on my, on my Discord, the most typed in channel is the sports one. It's not even the okay. esports one. It's just a sports yeah. one so i don't know people i get know. it all the time in my stream as well like people are just like oh i haven't played league in ages but i'm still watching that like, they resubscribe that so resubscribe message like you're not only watching me you're giving me money and you don't even play this video game like yeah what can we say we're just amazing um my food of choice that i'd bring to the uk uh i i would go with Oh, I've asked my question. I stumped myself. Um, honestly, either in and out. I went to I went to an in and out in 2015, right? When I was in, okay. uh, I was in LA, and I and it was actually really banging. It was really banging. But as you guys have mentioned, it was probably loaded with gunk and stuff that was just not good for you. Plus, I'd also been like, I had the flu for like a week before then. I was out there for a week, and the first five days, I was like just stuck in my hotel room, really ill, eating like bread and the occasional spaghetti bolognese um so it, it it was it was like coming into the promised land driving through the in and out drive through once you'd been on like essentially gruel for that amount of time so that probably twists it a bit but i would like to see more mexican places in the uk we don't really do mexican foods like things like burritos and stuff i think a burrito is like a top tier meal do you know what i mean it's like it's a wrap 
but it's got all the ingredients of a, of something you could put on a plate. But you don't need the plate. It's just a wrap. How banging is that? Whoever invented that is one smart motherfucker. And I wish that we had more of it here in the UK. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. No on one tell Box Drop that pita bread's a thing as well. And in fact, about I 20 don't... other different incarnations from all over the world that do it's the exact not, same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same. Honestly, the brewers we have here are absolutely wang. They really are. By the way, Don't one shout out I'll give that. to Germany, okay? And this is also a this this is also a first if you live in Germany, a first date tip advice, right? There's a chain in Germany called Cancun and it's a Mexican restaurant, obviously. Uh, but it also doubles up as like a cocktail bar. They have like a ridiculous amount of cocktails, like 250 different cocktails or whatever, and it is very like sort of restauranty slash bar-y vibe, but the food's actually really good as well. So yeah, those of you who live in Germany, that's maybe it's only in Berlin, I don't know, but it's definitely a chain because, yeah, there's multiple. Anyway. That's banging. You, you, te you text your date on Tinder. Yeah, how about we go Cancun for our first date? <laughs> <laughs> that's actually something. I mean, I say this now because, spoiler, none of you going there in your lives. That's actually something in Eastern Europe, like Russia and Ukraine, by the way. They have actually, it's not chains though, so I can't say the name, but that's actually a thing they have there. They have loads of those like bars where it is a bar. You can order every alcohol and stay till like 2 a.m. But And some of them mean 24 7. And they have like every type of food and the kitchen stays open. It's fucking mega. Because if you don't know in Russian culture, we're drinking culture they also eat while you drink which it just makes me feel like we're morons just being drinking and then like going for that ridiculous kebab at the end and came in like a zombie like <laughs> you should probably just be you know fucking pacing yourself with something used to wicker that even know? places you wouldn't expect in russia like steakhouses are open like 24 yeah. 7 like yeah, yeah it's wild but, it, but as you're saying it makes it cool because you can have a date at the same time you have a drink you can yeah. pivot to this there's a booth there's also oh it's, it's pretty cool actually it's pretty cool you get pretty good service the 24-7 culture is something we don't do very well no, we at don't. all in the UK. And that is also something, as someone who is a night owl, a gamer, and is social, all of the above, like, uh, the amount of times I would, I would honestly, I would be bankrupt if there was any good food places open at, like, five in the morning. Like It's why Korea is the mecca. Because if you're a gamer, <laughs> the joke is it's only a me it's only a mecca for nerd weirdo gamers in the West. For everyone else, it's just a country, you know. Like, but if you're into that, yeah, you can go at four in the morning and get the Korean barbecue, Fox yeah, You can go and get it. the fucking. You can go to a nightclub at six. And you can do it all, but again, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's worth going there just for that. <laughs> right, let's move on to some esports stuff, shall we? Uh, let's talk about LEC or the LE. What is it? The European and. EMEA Masters or something like that. Now the uh, very inclusive all of Europe type deal going on here. Yeah, Thorin's not very happy with that apparently. But just I mean, reaching it at all. Come on. <laughs> the joke is, why not just add Africa? The teams aren't coming, no players coming anyway. Fuck it, just add it. Add Antarctica in Africa. Make it the EMEA, and then just chuck that in as well. Make it make it sound even sicker. EMEA. In fact, you know what I'm going to say? Here's a theory. This is not real, but I'll do it as like a fake conspiracy theory. I think this is just because LCS is tanking so badly, and in the modern day, you can't trash talk the NAs over EU unless you're just a shit riot caster that does the same gimmick every world for the first two games. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. So if you can't do that right then here's what you can do you can always resort to the old shittest argument in the book where you go well North America only has 330 million but Europe in total it now even including like Russia that can't even access was like they're like 400 million all speaking different languages cultures. but it's even worse now they can go and the Middle East that's like you're basically like fucking half a billion or something how are we supposed to compete how are we supposed to compete you and can Denmark, always do that whack angle like five people in it has like 
you know. Yeah, yeah, she did that. If people don't know, that was my comparison once when the NA people cried. I was like, bro, I'll just take Denmark alone. And then I showed them like the history of the players. It was like, you know, it's about 5 million people or something like this. What you're saying doesn't make sense because here's what people like Mark Z told me. They told me talent is a funnel and the bigger the top end of the funnel, the more talent comes out the bottom. Denmark invalidates your theory, homie. (laughs) Whatever. That was just a shot on, shot on Mark Z, apparently, so don't we? Not least because his name will always be wrong. It's Mark Z, so... Mark Z. It's always going to be Mark Z. Gosh, that reminds me. I, I, I went to the corner shop once, yeah. I swear we'll start talking about esports in a bit. I promise, guys, we will. But I went to I the corner shop like, It's like a Mitch Hedberg joke, I know. <laughs> this must be a Mitch Hedberg joke. I went Bro, to the corner shop once. Joke. I've been loads of times since, but I went once anyway, so... Uh, go on. Yeah. It wasn't the only time I've been, but it was one of the times that I've been in the past, and there was a bloke in a wheelchair down there who was, wasn't like... He wasn't... He was, you know, a few few screws short of a toolbox, whatever the phrase is. Like, he wasn't all there. Decent fellow, lovely guy, whatever. It was just chatting to everyone that walked past him. I walked past him on the way to pick up my, I don't know, Hot Pockets, whatever it was I went down to the corner shop for. And uh, he started talking to me. Can't remember the conversation. And he introduced himself. He said, hello, my name's Zed with a Z. And that's always stuck in my mind. It's like that's good to know. Z with a Z. So now, if we but if we were in America, that inter- that exchange would have been very different. He would have said my name's Z with a Z, and I was like, it just wouldn't have hit the same. Do you know what I mean? I wonder if that had stuck with me if I was American. I don't know. One of life's many what if situations. Another what if situation is what if G two and Vitality weren't the best teams in the LEC? There you go. There's a there's a segue to a very relevant story that I was telling there. My yes, biggest the LEC... takeaway from that story, by the way, would be. That guy's a cunt. Carry on. <laughs> well, his name's Zed. If he's got up Z. to someone and say, my name's Z with a Z, of course you're a he cunt. Wasn't. How are you not a cunt? If, how, how can you utter that sentence and then claim you he are was... not a cunt? So that is, that's a paradox. No, he I don't was... live in that. Okay. I don't live in that world, mate. Carry on. That's, that's fine. You, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I like to believe that good old Zed, wherever he is knocking about nowadays, is still living his best life being Zed with a Z. Um, the LEC, yes, we've 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 had two weeks already of games. And there's only one week left. It feels weird to say that, right? Like the new formats kicked in and 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 all that new stuff's going on. We've got the GSLs coming up shortly. Uh, G2 and Vitality, two teams, as I mentioned, kind of coming out on top. The first week they were both three and zero. The second week they played each other, so they couldn't keep their perfect records. Vitality came out on top over G2. Uh, and won every other game. So now Vitality is five and one. G two also dropped another game in week two. So they're four and two alongside like five other teams or something like that. But still looking to be honestly from the eye test, I would say Vitality and G two are uh, two best teams. Um, but they're going to be put to the test. Like you know, it's not just regular season, whatever, and all that malarkey is going to be going out the window. Like you, you can't drag on an entire split anymore. These first two weeks are two-thirds of essentially what is the equivalent of, of this winter regular season. So we're going to be putting them to the test. And my question to you guys is when they are put to the test shortly, who is going to be the better team? Will it be G2 or Vitality? Rich, give me your opinion. See, like, obviously they played each other last week, or maybe it was Monday, so this week technically, I can't remember. But, like, in terms of that specific match, I don't read too much into it. I feel like the game was kind of low-key over in draft with the jungle picks, and I think as soon as Vi got the kills in bot lane and top lane, the game was kind of over. I feel like if Yai could pick something a bit more conventional than bow 
probably wouldn't have felt quite as emboldened to do what he did early. I mean, he's a super confident player who, you know, tries things. So I'm not going to say it wouldn't have happened, but I do think G2 kind of experimented in draft. And I also think that was a conscious decision. I think they probably looked at it and thought, this is the best team other than us that's in the league right now. Why are we going to give away anything in a best of one? There's nothing to be game really for those people who don't know with like how the GSL series play works and so on. Both these teams are clearly going to be there. So I don't think there's much for G2 to gain really. Um, so I don't read too much into that specific matchup. In terms of like the teams against each other and how they stack up, I personally think G2 is looking better than Vitality. I think their play style is more replicable than Vitality's. I feel like I'm kind of balancing G2 as like a pretty cohesive looking unit versus what is bow ceiling. Like, I feel like those are the two things I'm kind of balancing off against each other now. And by the way, I don't think that's like a straight up G2 win scenario. I think bow is that gifted that his individual ceiling can go a long way and i'm not gonna you know sit back and be amazed if vitality do end up winning the split i would be surprised to be honest i think over the course of like when we get into the best of threes and the best of fives i don't think that they can just go through bow um i haven't weirdly it's so weird like vitality is such a strange team like i think they're so not representative of their record which sounds harsh especially when they did beat g2 but i'm seeing so many holes in this team it's ridiculous and I feel like there have been key moments in games which have, like, for example, the Baron against Fnatic, right? Where everyone was praising how pixel perfectly Bo, like, played that fight and was kiting back with the Graves or whatever. But the reality is Humanoid and Razork just massively overextended and chased this guy for fun and just gave them that play, essentially, which they then snowballed into the win. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not... I'm not. I think both these teams will make it to the playoffs. And by the way, the playoffs for people who don't know now means the top four. So the top four teams from the GSL. I think they'll both be there. But I prefer G2. I feel like G2 have had multiple games where everything has looked pretty good or better, like in all lanes and how they've been playing together. Whereas Vitality for me has had a bunch of seriously ropey wins. And I don't rule out. I don't rule out anything with Vitality. I think this is still a team that can swing up or swing down. I think they can go and improve from here and be a real contender or completely tank. So yeah. And the other factor uh, I have is uh, slightly speculative, but I feel like Dylan is a no known quantity who has always been a good drafter and has a lot of good players to draft for who can play a, a lot of different things. I feel like on Vitality. I don't know Carter at all. Like, I don't really know his strengths and weaknesses. And my problem is, last split, Misfits were really good at drafting. That was one of the reasons why they played beyond the sum of their parts. But I don't know if that was him. I get the feeling it was Heaver. I've spoken to Heaver on shows and stuff like that. And I know he has a lot to say or had a lot to say when it came to drafting. So I'm not actually sure what Carter's value is left. Again, that's not a slight on him. I genuinely don't know. I have no idea whether positive or negative. So for me, Dylan kind of wins that by default, just based on what I know. Um, but obviously there's a question mark there. But yeah, I'm I'm more convinced by G2 personally. I If you had to ask me to pick a winner now and said it was between those two teams, I'd go G2. Okay, so G2 for, for Rich. What about you, Thorne? Are you thinking in a similar vein or do you, uh, do you, like, do you like Vitality? Well, the key thing here is it was phrased in the document, not as who is better now, who will be. It just said who is the favourite. 
So based on what we know now, who was the favourite? So even though Rich is fine to assess all the teams, all the, how they've done all the rest of it, like essentially I can go off any factors I want. So what I'll say is this, between the two teams, I would say this, I agree that I actually think G2's wins are more legit and are more consistent. Like those are real wins largely. And even the losses, there's just good reasons for them. You know, it's not like some shock or whatever. But the difference is like Vitality probably should have lost to Fnatic in the opener. There's a bunch of different games they could have lost that were a bit dodgy. And they definitely have benefited not just from Bo being amazing, but also from things like a lot of the other top teams don't have the same amazing junglers, so he gets an insane advantage, or the bottom teams keep beating people like Fnatic and Koi, so it just makes it look silly. So I think at the moment, I would say, yeah, so far, maybe G2R slept on a little bit, but the difference is G2, I think, is also thus far, even in their wins, a tiny bit capped. Like, everyone knows this. If you only look at the scoreboard, you'll think that they're talking about the wrong player. It must be Yike who's the god fucking... No, no, no. Because when you actually break that down, it gets less and less sexy the more you know about how a team structure works, how, like, you can script out the first fucking paths, how, like, you can be covered with certain god-tier players, what it's like to have three winning lanes, all that jazz, right? And spoiler, that's what I think you saw in the Vitality versus G2 game. Is like, the poor guy... <laughs> You, you can't exaggerate. He just is the shit, mate. Like, he's just, he just made that Yike guy. That was the Yike guy's welcome to the LEC moment. That was like, oh, weird. So it isn't just like I waltz in like every fucking rookie's dream. And actually, I just am the shit. Turns out I'm LeBron or something. Like, no, actually, you know what? You get slapped down actually by, this is what a god rookie is like. You're a pretty good rookie. Uh, maybe a, a, a diamond in the rough. This guy is a fucking prodigy. Like, the poor guy does look like, mate, he's going to be one of the all-time great. What maybe the best import ever. That's, that's the kind of states we're going for. So I'll wow. break it down by factors like you did, Rich. Which is, the interesting thing is, this is why, because it's favourite, so who's going to win? This is why I think it's so interesting, because at the moment, these are the front runners, and at the moment, it looks like, because of the bow angle, Vitality might actually have the direct head-to-head -head matchup. So to me, it comes down to this. Are there other teams that can upset a Vitality? Because that's the thing, as you're saying, Rich, there are some flaws there, certainly. Like, for example, if another team can have, like, a super sick bot lane, you've got yeah. a chance. If another team can just have someone who, want, who goes hard as fucking mid, by the way, already, even though they're not the team right now, Koi or someone's starting to shape up in my description. If you have a Larson, well, and guess what? Perks ain't going to get his farm. Yeah, he'll do his hero plays at the end of the game, but will it be enough? Because I think that's the thing. Head-to-head, -head, I'll give Vitality the edge. So if it ends up being only those two teams, and you know the way the format is, like you said, Rich, I think probably Vitality can win it. And I think, yes, the ceiling is very, very good. But my issue is, like, overall, I have them direct. But if other teams get in the mix, then maybe G2's the more legit pick in terms of safety because as Rich says like the coaching one that's not even a debate right now Dylan Falco has won many championships you've worked with plenty of different players now and he's been good across the board he always makes more than the sum of his parts and in fact as the Targamas and fucking like picking up this yike guy and bringing in the, he's also shown like he just has a mad eye for what to do with players like to me he just figures out comfort for players and this is key well I don't think they figured it out like I can tell Targamas thinks he's a totally different player than Dylan Falco had Dylan Falco had nailed how to make that guy look good in fact the joke was he made it look like he was the one being held back and then sold him top dollar that's genius right there so coaching wise coach Carter has he ever won a playoff series like I can't give it to him yet he's got to show me something this guy, Dylan Falco, has done plenty of big performances in playoffs. If people don't remember, remember that one where Schalke just went to, like, top four for no reason when they were supposed to be, like, the fifth best team or something? Like, he's had some very good runs. Then I'll add in, there are some factors still for Vitality, though. Like, I'll tell you one thing that's going to hurt everyone's feelings now. Shut the fuck up. Perks is better than Caps right now. You've been watching the games. Mate, Caps has even been carried in a couple of these games by Mickey X. Like, he's had some games where he was just bing chilling, mate. And then he's also, spoiler, he had one game where fucking Certus had him up against the wall, mate. So... 
I, I, you know what? Here's the, here's the secret. It's like reckless fans. Here's how you know when Caps ain't doing great. They don't talk about him doing badly. They just shut the fuck up for a while. It's nice. Mm. You get a little break. It's like right now. I don't have to hear all the reckless fans talking because there's nothing to talk about, is there? Exactly. Shut the fuck up and take a seat. Whereas I actually think now, Perks is actually, look, he's not actually as good as he was last split when he was even laning like a monster. But the joke now is because he has like the pieces around him, he has a player to follow up with. When he does those game-winning plays, they win the game now. Like When he does the flank or the, he actually does win the game now. So I think at the moment, that's very interesting because that would be the cool dynamic because we all know if they meet in a final, there's no edge there, is there? Bloody Perks and Caps, they've won every bloody championship forever. And if any one could overcome the mental battle of I'm going against gets perks, isn't it? Come on, man. He's just like that. He is built like that. And so, in fact, if people know that story that I did in my reflections, that how has this detail not dropped till now? Well, spoiler, it's because Darren hadn't done the interview. That hey. detail, you do know, right? I assumed that when Perks got Caps to join G2, that was him doing what we did, going, right, it's your turn, Caps. Here's the torch. Fuck it. I don't want to have to play against you for five years, mate. Let's win all the titles together and I'll go ADC. It's worse than that. He didn't think that Caps was just definitely better than him. He just thought... He is really good. And I'll, I think I can just be better than all the ADCs. And then I'll be the greatest because I was the best at two roles. By the way, did he not live up to it? It's part of the reason that story came back from Caps being the clearly best. So I even think that's cool. as well. The joke is he, is he does have the hubris and the arrogance because it's earned. He's done it that many times. And then I will say this though, as I said, the G2 bot lane right now would shit on the Vitality bot lane if it was just like a 2v2 matchup. Like there's the one thing as well. Neon, mate, this is where you should be thankful you're an ADC. Because when you're a mid laner, the judgment starts at level one, the first CS. When you're a bot laner, as long as your team wins the game, oh, you didn't have to do anything in the team fight. Because you know everyone's going in on Vethio right up his arse. Mate, where's the Neon from last split? Am I missing something? He hadn't fucking showed up yet. He's barely had to do anything. Like, it's, but he's just getting bing chilled, fucking carried by his jungle and fucking mid and top. Top side of the map, even though, by the way, top side's supposed to be aside from perks, the side that might break. That looks amazing. Even the Photon guy is the most crazy, like... They just found him at the back of a settee somewhere. He's mega. He's like killing it almost every game. It's like carry top. It's mental in a region, by the way, which doesn't have carry tops. Like, so I just think the key thing for me is the ceiling for the Vitality team is real. I think I'm, you're right, Rich. They could regress and they could get worse. And other teams could figure out the meta, but they could. I think they're still got a level. They could go higher. Like if their bot ever gets together, it will be good. And then the last thing to say is obviously the problem is this is the way I tend to predict things. If we actually were doing the final now, I would have to go with G2, like Rich says, because the problem is I can't bet against coaches that have won, top players that have won in their positions, pre-existing synergies, people that have won series before against, like, no one knows how Bourne Photon will do. No one knows how Coach Carter will do. It, there's so many things up in the F of Vitality. So I think that, like, part of me says Vitality, but it depends where, at what stage of the tournament we're at. I think, by the way, just on, on the bot lane thing, it's, uh, like... <laughs> I think that you mentioned it just at the end there. It's like, you know, if teams figure out the meta or whatever, in theory, this should be a very bot lane centric meta. I don't know if that's going to change dramatically or not in, in GSL, like with patches basically. But the longer the season goes on, if patches don't change the game inherently, then it should, more teams should be figuring out how to play smarter around bot. And then if Vitality haven't fixed their shit, then they could be in trouble or... Option B, Bo is just that fucking good that he can just go yes. bot and recover gank every single time and just still get ahead because he has hands. Like those are the the two the two options there. So that's one of the reasons as well. Like I've seen a I did see a game where Hans and Mickey did straight up turbo int, but yeah. every other game they've looked 
pretty, slick, pretty slick together, really, haven't they? Yeah. Let's be real. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the Vitality bot lane has not looked great. And that's that's the thing. It's like, I think Photons looked really good without being particularly well synergized. I feel that the bot lane has been not very good and not synergized. And basically mid and jungle or particularly jungle has just been hard carrying games and then perks is like seeing what bo's doing and kind of reacting to it in a very good way i was actually a bit thinking that maybe it wouldn't be a good season for perks after the first couple of games because those were actually a rough first couple of games for perks if you really look at them but then since the azir game onwards it's like okay well i guess him and uh, bo have just figured it out and if they have then even if it's a bot-centric meta, there's a universe where they could just win loads of games from mid-jungle. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. By the way, the other thing I'll say as well, because you notice I tried to contrast against all this criticism Vethio gets. If you're all going to tell me, well, Vethio just had a fucking Yumi on him fed and he was killing everyone, what lane did the Yumi start in? Did Neon have a Yumi the whole... So you're telling me Neon has Yumi lanes all day long. I wonder why he looked better than he is so far. That isn't a champion in the game at the moment, is it? Like, fuck, give me a break. Because I'm not hating on either. It's like, you've got you to give one to the other as well. Like, it's got to be fair. I think these are definitely both crucible, like, crucible splits for both sure. Neon and Patrick. Oh, and then the one last thing to throw in is this. If you know the behind the scenes that I've dropped, it's accurate. That, like, it was, tr it was they were trying to make this upset instead of Neon. Mate, I love Neon, but my God, imagine what that team would look like now with upset Woo! that would yeah. be great that would be like the fucking exordia or something mate. especially now what we know about the fucking photon guy that would be fucking sick but yeah, they don't have that sort of mental yeah yeah <clears throat> i think this is what's really interesting about this discussion is it's it's perks versus versus caps right like and just whenever it's those two players like i always find it it's it's just it's just those two players represent the best of the LEC for me. Like pro probably the one and two best players in LEC of all time, I would say. Um, and especially in recent memory and, or in recent time, I just think it's brilliant that it's these two going up against each other and uh, again, like just trying to out outdo each other. I, I think that's great. I, I would give the edge to G two. I would say like if it really came down to it in playoffs, like I would put my money on G two. I just think there's like bot side I favor them more. Um, and photon and bow. I mean they're they're bloody good but like you just it, you know best of are a completely different beast right so i just that would be my my slight reservation there um though it's not really fair to say that because i've not done anything to prove that they would necessarily flounder it's just i guess if you were asking me to, to you know make a decision that would that would what would motivate that decision for me um but yeah I, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how they go and of course let's not forget the rest of the teams are like really close to uh, to to that top two conversation as well, right? You've got G, you've got uh, Mad Lions, SK, and BDS. All of them with the similar or the same scoreline as as G two right now. So, could be a lot of interesting things happening as it uh, progresses here. And uh, let's move on though from talking about some of the teams that are doing really well here in the LEC in Vitality and G two to perhaps one of the teams that is uh, surprisingly not doing too hot. Uh, it's not XL. Although I would say that is surprising as well. One and five right at the bottom is no bueno for a team that uh, honestly looked like they picked up some kind of superstars. Well, not superstars, but you know what I mean? Like some some heavy, heavy, heavy upgrades in the offseason. Um, no, not talking about XL. I want to talk about Fnatic. Because this is the team that we come into the split every single year. And we're like, this is a team that will contest for being top place. It's Fnatic. Uh, the talent on their roster is really good. All of that stuff. <clears throat> you guys know how those storylines go. 
but it just feels like they come up short at the beginning like they're slow starters and again here in 2023 they've done it once more they're two and four uh, they've not looked good at all it's been pretty rough start for these guys and i mean why does this keep happening literally why does this keep happening why does Fnatic keep starting slow uh, that's the first thing i want to know and also if you do have any opinion i mean of course you guys have opinions what would you change to stop that from happening like what needs to happen because it's just not it's reads not on at this point if you're a fanatic fan and the expectations we have of that team so i went to you first rich for the last one i'm coming to throw on this what's going on with fanatic mate tell me we're trying to do which usually i'm not a big fan of but to be fair fanatic actually is one of the rare orgs like g2 that have enough pieces there historically in a way of doing things and people like khan is a siege orb in there there is actually like a philosophy so i can take some speculations to how they've done it which is i do think um that basically, spoiler, one of the reasons I heard Opset isn't playing in Fnatic right now when it was his choice, they weren't going to get reckless, is because Fnatic just doesn't try hard. The org doesn't try hard. The players aren't, of like, you know, we've got a boot camp. We've got to, like, it's more like, yeah, we'll get into the season. So I get the sense, like, they come in and they just don't go super hard. If people don't know, it's a similar story when they had that terrible start when they first got Nemesis. I think they'd had it where they, like, had a late start or they got Nemesis at the end or something and something went wrong and then, like, they just had, like, a delayed, you know, they went, like, three and seven or two and seven or whatever the fuck it was. So I think historically that's a factor. And then all, and, and also, if you look at how successful they've been, they nearly always go into Worlds. They go to MSI or whatever. So if you do that as well, you nearly always get the lag afterwards because you've got to have some time off you've got to decompress and because you've been to the top of the mountain at least to compete you don't get as hyped about going to the bottom again and starting at the bottom do you whereas the guy who's like fourth and never went to a world he's like fuck it yeah where do i go like oh i've got to get a better like that's the joke is like that's why rogue was horny as fuck every split of course they never won <laughs> of course you're coming back like i've got to kill him i've got to get back to the final like the guy who wins is like no oh, fuck around him i'll see you in the summer playoffs mate like fanatic even though it didn't work so there's that and then in terms of, uh, oh, and also one last detail. In my opinion, I've always said Fnatic is the European TSM, both in terms of success, but also in terms of like how terrible the fans are. That's not a joke. It is now a famous trope that it's not just that Fnatic fans flame the shit out of you when you're on the rival team. They flame the shit out of you if you're not their beloved player on Fnatic or if the team loses. So there are players who've had really bad abuse just from their own fans. Like, I heard fucking Razork just, like, left some fan discord because they never shut the fuck up while he's on there, just going up his ass 24-7. Like, how do you want to deal with that from your own fans? You know what? As delusional as some other fan bases are, like the, some of the other ones, at least they're, like, they're the ones like, you can still do it even when you're last place. Like, that's the fan you want, isn't it? So my problem is I do think that the, the pressure on you when you're on these teams is enormous. And then I'll add in as well, as long as we're not talking about the days when it was expected and so on, because spoiler, the reason they started slow is they didn't give a fuck about the first three weeks and they really liked the bars that were open on Friday night. And you know what? They could get it together in the fucking playoffs. They were like the Rolling Stones. They were rock and roll, yeah. taking all the you-know-whats and fucking banging out everyone and getting all the side chicks and even giving some to... Uh, I almost said that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that purposely so you could guess. It's all right. It's all right. I'll, every now and then I'll keep dropping red cups. It's all good. It's all good. And then the other thing I'd say is this. In the modern day, the main thing I think wrong with Fnatic is, one, unfortunately, they did mess up the off-season. They didn't manage to sell upset, and they ended up with Reckless. And I'm sorry, everyone who thought... I thought that Reckless was just falling in the RLs. There's no way he's playing like this. There's no way he's, he's this bad. Bro, that is the same Reckless from the RLs. And it's actually the joke I was talking about on my other shows. He's become every ridiculous straw man narrative that people used to say I said about Reckless from the beginning of time. He is a guy that watches you have a team fight, die, walks in, does two and a half autos, everyone jumps on and kills him and the game's over. And you're like, what the, the fuck? Like, where were you? 
Where were you when we were fighting? So, like, I think it is looking really bad. He doesn't look like he has any synergy with his partner in the lane. It's, the, the champion pool doesn't exist. It's a fucking ADC meta, homie. Where are they? Where are they all? It isn't there. You're not going to see him. So, Reckless is a big one because, unfortunately, last year they lived and died off, like, the emergency insurance policy was upset. That doesn't exist anymore. So now you've got to hope that Wonder and Humanoid carry the game, Right. I think Wonder is the most fucking capped player I've seen in years on all these Fnatic lineups because he can't do anything. He can't do crazy flexes. He can't just be played through totally because he has a fucking ADC who is the princess and he also has a fucking mid laner who's like, I am Giga Chad. <laughs> so it's give me everything. I, oh, I went all in and died. Who cares? It's not playoffs. Like, so Wonder never gets to play League of Legends. And then the joke is if someone picks Cassante, a noob goes, he is getting smashed. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, like so yeah. that leaves humanoid, right? I'll forget Razok because Razok's just fucking a yo-yo and no one knows where he is. Humanoid still is doing that shit. He just does it at the beginning of every split now. The first, he, he, he thinks he's Expecke, but here's the problem, homie. Expecke did that when he would just win like that. He would trip over and win a title. You won two titles ever. Ever. You had, what, one good Worlds? You ain't Expecke yet. You're not Caps yet. That's my problem. And so the problem I'll tie in here is, I've just heard behind the scenes from a bunch of people now. He's someone who isn't like in love with League of Legends. He isn't a guy who wants to grind all to... So that's the problem. If you're the guy where you sort of only get up for the big fight, like in the UFC, if you ever stop being the champion, mate, you won't be the champion ever again. The guys who go to the top... like I don't know if you've ever seen this. A hallmark of the greatest champions in UFC ever is they don't do fucking boot camps. They're just in shape all the time. That husband guy is probably in the gym like nine hours every day because he's trying to be the goat. He's not trying to beat you. He's trying to beat himself and every other fighter ever. Like, so the problem is if you, if Humanoid doesn't have that, I also think in the modern day, Expecte was doing it, mate, when like the third best mid would be like broken down Alex H, like selfie. You know what I mean? Like, dude, look at the talent level now. You can't fuck around like that now. People will come along and fucking clap you, mate. Even people like Certus will have a pop-off game if you just leave it open. You let them do it, they'll go off on you. So I think there's all, it's also just a different era. So I think this Fnatic team, by the way, has a lot of problems. I do not think this team is going to world. I don't think anything's happening with this squad. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement to end on. Nothing's happening with this squad for Fnatic. Do you agree with that, Rich? What are your takes? Yeah, I mean... To, to add to Thorin's point as well, I mean, there were players like Kaltar that were in the like. This is it's different times. Like I said this about oh, what player was it? Um, I can't remember. But yeah, oh, the, so the reason I actually had SK up fairly high, like much higher than most people did, because I like most of the pieces. The only piece where I was like, he's fine. Like I'll never int games, but you you can't be meh and play mid and mid in LEC because there's just too much stacked talent there, which is obviously Certus now. As Thorin said as well, Certus has shown that he can every now and then on the right picks, given the right situation, pop off on someone. And that is the levels that people are operating at now. So this attitude of <laughs> regular season, whatever, it's like, no, especially this format is not a Fnatic favoured format. One round Robin to get your shit together. When was the last time that Fnatic had their shit yeah. together during the first round Robin? Yeah. I would say years, probably. So that's the first thing. Um, what is strange to like the initial sort of question is like, why does this happen every time? I think it's a combination of, again, like as Thorin said before, with kind of 
the general attitude and coming from a, I don't want to use the word privilege, but like a place of having won so much historically and maybe certain things in terms of like preseason preparation and stuff like that. Like it does seem kind of weird that you can change personnel, change coaches or whatever, but it's always the same slow start. Especially by the way, when you had someone like Yamato. Yamato is the ultimate, Yamato is like Sean Dyche of the fucking LEC. He's guaranteed to do fucking wonders at least in the first yep. period when he comes in because he is Mr. Motivator, get everyone on the same page, oozes authority and charisma like that is his stat that's like 99 out right you can question everything else maybe but that is what he is fucking good at so that to me yeah just spells there's something sort of systemically wrong but it's hard to obviously guess guess beyond that i think in terms of like the players on the team as i said humanoids like a big one and by the way another thing that people should you know reconcile with is mad let humanoid go mad one back-to-back titles and yes i'm aware that Fnatic paid a buyout but it's not like it was a release clause buyout like oh you've pressed the button we have our hands are tied they willingly let him go to a team that were, cl were clearly building to try and be one of their rivals and they were given a price which made them completely comfortable with that so that is very telling and again i'll just say like the, the, the attitude thing is real. Like, the, the, he doesn't have the best attitude. He's not in love with the game, as, as Thorin said. You know, what you've just said is even more hard-hitting than I think you realise, Rich, because here's the thing to think of. You saw probably that news article of the shenanigans with the El Yoya trade. They were yeah. trying to get, like, a million for more than... A, they turned down, like, was it yeah. 1.2 million? Like, yeah. that wasn't Humanoid's buyout as far as I know. It was way yeah. more than that. Yeah, so that... that does imply they think El Yoya is way more valuable than yeah, Humanoid exactly. by that logic, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I was, was going to say that. Like, you yeah. can see the, the fight that they had to keep El Yoya was the, the saga of the off-season. Yes. The Humanoid one is like, oh, you want a Humanoid? Oh, well, there you go. No problem. Give us some money. Give us some money. Yep, thanks. See you later. So that, to me, was telling in itself. I think it's fair to say that the bot lane situation has not worked out at all. To me, the Rux thing was really weird to begin with. And by the way, Humanoid was apparently the person batting for Rux. That, you can read that into yeah. it what you want. Like, you know, someone who doesn't maybe have a particularly great attitude batting for someone else. Like... I'm not saying Rux has a bad attitude, but I do understand that like most of the stuff that he was bringing to the team was first of all, based on two fucking BO1s at Worlds where yes. he got to play Leona. Yep. Yeah, amazing. I think I could probably do that. And secondly, it's like the intangibles, like that he was this leader or whatever, but spoiler alert, he'd only played on like the ERL, ERL level before then. And he was like the fifth best support for my money in LVP, like it, as an actual support. So that one was already, always very strange to me. The only thing I would push back on slightly, not fully, because I do agree, is the reckless thing. I think it's like, there have probably been about eight scenarios, let's say already this season, where a fight has started and Reckless is in fucking Narnia. He might even still be in the closet. He's so far back. By the way, that's not a comment on his tattoos. Yeah, of course. Anyway, of course. so... <laughs> <laughs> Just unfortunate phrasing. And the Narnia was in a wardrobe, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, so, yeah. Uh, yeah so... <laughs> who, who, who would believe he would say that before me? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, he sometimes is miles away and he has no excuse to be miles away. And sometimes, like, as with the example I gave earlier, he's miles away because Humanoids decided that regular season doesn't matter, even though there's only nine games. And he is just engaged to a point where no one can follow up. And Reckless is actually like, what the fuck? I said I was going to get blue and this cunt's just gone in. So I do think there is, like, a balance there where I have seen multiple fights where I have thought, what the fuck is the team doing? Reckless isn't there. And there have also been multiple fights where I've thought, 
what the fuck is reckless doing his teams over there right so i think there i think there's definitely just a big disconnect on both sides there and by the way here's a bombshell for you and this isn't leaking anything because any cunt with google or access to fucking law pros can look this out don't be surprised if Reckless plays support this week and oh, upset yes. plays. Yes, yeah, on his RPGG. That, yeah. that cunt's been spamming support. <laughs> yeah. So, and and this was all, fun. by the way, he was also offering himself up as a support player in the offseason when it was looking like the offers, offers were pretty thin on the table. He Do you have any saying, idea how much support. that would make my day? The idea that, like, because remember, in the current meta, like in Korea, you could have Crusher play like Ash or Kaiser or some fucking ADC, and the joke would be Reckless is the support player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. That's but fucking amazing. What's hilarious <laughs> about this narrative, though, is this has gone so full circle, it's crazy, because obviously there was a time where Reckless was playing, like, his pocket picks. Basically, he could only play Karma, maybe, like, one other thing. But it was actually pretty good. Like, they were winning games yeah. a bit or whatever. But... Yeah. He got so pissed off with his role that he benched himself. Remember that one? He yep. literally benched yep. himself from the team. And now the cunt's begging to play support, which I would assume is sort of, you know, in exchange for not being booted off the fucking yep. team. But if ups, if Reckless becomes upset support... I've got one question. <laughs> Listen, this, oh, like, I, I won't lie. I will ascend to heaven on that day. So, you know, forget about my shores. It'll be like the, the rapture. They'll just be like, they'll just be a, a big court with like a Game of Thrones thing on the floor and empty shoe, empty Yeezys or whatever, you know, because I still wear them. You can't cancel my trainers. Well, you can try. Here's my question though, and this isn't a gotcha, but it is a gotcha. Because all I'm going to say is this logically, right, Rich? If Heaver was the one doing all those misfits drafts, what's he doing in Fnatic then, bro? What's he doing? Does he know who, does he actually know who Razork is? Has he met him? <laughs> you know he's in Fnatic, right? He's, he's in the team. And if you don't know, by the way, don't hit me with this. Don't you dare hit me with like, well, you know, it's a new team and, you know, there's big personalities. Heaver can't, Heaver did, by the way, if people don't know, Heaver should have been an LEC player for a number of years. The reason he wasn't is because he had a rep for being toxic. And, and he's the sort of thing that is just blunt. That's actually why he's good, but he's probably a good coach. So I've just got to say, people complain about the draft. So I'm just saying fair's fair. If he was if that he gets the credit for that one, yeah. what's going on now? I, think, I mean, I think one thing I would say is like, I know he he relatively well and on a personal level. I, I haven't seen him like in the <clears> team <throat> environment per se, but I, I'd be surprised if he was actually toxic. I think it's as as you say, where it's it's not European like a forgiven blunt. situation, but what he does share with It's like forgiven. funny as well, you know. Yeah, what it's, he not, does share, it's not like he's an arsehole, yeah. No, I think he tells people how it is like home truths let's put it that way and some people just can't hack it and there's so much sugar coating in esports that wrong you know it's just not, yes. not the right environment for him but i do think and this isn't an excuse because you do have to factor this in i do think razork is like such an enigma of a player like sometimes he'll play a series and you're just like he is the best mo or the most capable jungler in lec against mm. really good junglers oh. as well not just like Dude, he did it against order at T1 and fucking yeah. worlds. He was booty slapping that guy. Yeah, like he, he can be on his day really good. And then other times you're like, what's going on? And then people try and reconcile it in their head. Like maybe the coordination's just not that. It's like after a certain amount of time, and I do granted humanoids is mid laner. And I can assume this guy loves to go off script like all the time. But I don't think that accounts for some of the misplays as well. And, and, play, and certain plays around bot that haven't gone right. So yeah, that's, that's the only kind of little excuse I'd give him. But... Yeah, as I said, if Reckless ends up playing support and being upset support, that, that I mean, 
there's there's nothing better that that we've comp- completed League of Legends. I, I mean, the only way it would have been better, obviously, is if like Forgiving came back and he and Reckless was his like Lulu Yumi support. If he was just <laughs> Yumi connected to Forgiven, watching Forgiven complete like go to Final of Worlds, that's probably the only way it could be better. Bro. And then in like, that is probably the most implausible scenario. In a post game interview, Reckless rolls down his sock and he's got Forgiven's initials branded yeah. into his ankle. And then when they go off backstage, he just holds Forgiven's pocket the whole way. That was a bit of a deeper cut, but I kept it for the Europeans. Just look it up. Just look it up. It's not as bad as what Rich said, anyway. So don't, don't <laughs> I said up. nothing. I you said didn't. Nothing. It was just that you, you were. You just. It was the wrong phrasing. That was all. That was all. Open to interpretation. That's all I'll say. Do you think something needs to change? If I'm moving, that's true for the. Well, I mean, reckless needs to come out of the wardrobe, doesn't he? So and embrace who he is. The fucking once great team fight ADC. No, no. Here's the sad thing. <laughs> I'm not joking. I This is the, probably the stupidest thing about the reckless topic, the fact it's associated with me, that I just say he sucks all the time. When do I ever fucking say that? When do I ever say it, Rich? You've done a million shows. When do I ever say it? Reckless sucks. It doesn't right. even suck that much now. He's just a pussy. <laughs> if I, forget, forget pussy. That's American. He's a pussy or There you go. If you're from the UK, you know what I mean. This is the guy where the joke is... I'll tell you why I don't buy Rich's angle. He was in Narnia. Yeah, mate, on purpose. He's the guy. You'll know this. This is the CSGO reference for you. You know in CSGO, classic map, does too. Rush B. You all start rushing there. You're the third third from the front. Somehow, they're all bumping into walls. They don't jump the wall properly. They get flashed and have to go back. And you're just the first to go in every time. That's reckless in these team fights, mate. He's just fucking war. He thinks it's World of Warcraft. He's like, I'm not in the PvP zone now. Like, get there. If you're Varus, yeah, you're supposed to be behind Humanoid. Not about 10 metres behind. You're supposed to be right behind. So that when they shoot him, you do all the damage. And how about land a fucking ult with the flash you can't? So all I'm going to say is, yeah, I think that one's egregious as fuck. And the sad thing, I'll just bring it back, is this. I have always thought with Reckless the following statement. If I could, like, reprogram his brain, he would be the best Western player in the history of League of Legends. But I can't reprogram his brain. He has a totally different personality, playing style that I like. So that's the reason I find him so frustrating, mate. He's one of those athletes where it's like, I think he plays the wrong way. Now, not entirely. Like, at once upon a time, probably in the middle of his career, he actually mastered his craft. He was the absolute best at that style. He was, like, the best version of, like, a ruler-type ADC from the West. But his problem also is the personality thing seems to massively attenuate it. Like, you notice, he isn't a guy who vibes with teammates. He's a guy who always seems to have some problem in synergy in a team. He, yeah, it, What's weird is, even though he has a, a kind of hubris and arrogance, he also seems very insecure at the same time, and he can flip between so quickly. And so he, he himself's an enigma, quite frankly, even though the joke is every fan thinks they know him. And it's like, first of all, if you know the things me, Rich, and people behind the scenes do, you don't know him. And then secondly, none of us know him. The real joke is, even the people in Fnatic would tell you, like, I don't really get him still <laughs> you know how good would it be by the way if reckless ends up playing like the next few years of his career as a support and he's literally turned his body into a virus skin that's <laughs> also <laughs> mental in it i know oh it'd be he's so good. With his, playing yubi every reads, week and he's right? got a fucking virus oh so ah writes itself i think it's going to be interesting regardless especially if he does go to support like that considering how he literally benched himself because he just didn't like it. He hated the enchantment meta. He didn't want to do it. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, from, I was I was on the broadcast at that time as well. And I remember the conversations that were having. The first one being, oh my goodness, this is so bad for for, for business because literally people watch Full Reckless. Like it's actually oh. insane, the, the viewer 
uh, like the fan base this man has. Like it's like K-pop stands, but for an esports player, it's really insane. And second one was that he just thought he was better than that. You know, he was like, right, yeah. to fix their game. You know, this is wrong. <laughs> this is not League of Legends. You know, I, you know, I could be, you know, that's that's speculative. So take that with a pinch of salt. But it would be interesting to see that how how that would change, and uh, you know, whether that's. I think it's an interesting point of maturity, honestly. Like I think at this point, he's just to your point, perhaps as well, Soren, that he was just winning. Like he he when everyone sucks your dick for being the best. You, it's hard to not have that kind of ego. And I do wonder if the past few years maybe humbled him a little bit. And so he is now actually thinking about maybe it's worth um, just just taking one for the team, I guess, which otherwise he wouldn't necessarily do or wouldn't have been something that you would associate with him. Anyway, we've talked a lot about League of, League, League of Legends. That's, yeah, yeah, League of Legends. Uh, let's move on to a different video game, a better video game, at least by my accounts as a League of Legends player. Let's talk about CSGO, shall we? IEM Katowice. Uh, we're going to be starting their group stages soon. Very exciting stuff. Uh, I just want to get your opinions on that. Uh, on the event, very simple as. I think Heroic coming in are looking to be the favorites. Um yeah, I, yeah, I'm trying to fluff this intro out, but I don't really need it. Talk to me about IEM, who you think the favourites are. Is it going to be Heroic? Is it going to be someone else? And why? Thorin, tell me what you think. The problem goes like this. Basically, if you know me and you've watched any of my content, you'll know I am not a Heroic believer. And I wasn't even before the Yabby move, which I will say has actually worked out. That has been like a gradual better move. It's not an amazing one, but it's sort of like a subtle one. It was better that Refresh was falling off. And there's a reason he became an IGL in Sprout, man. He's not sort of not even trying that. That was a good move, but it still wasn't enough. Like the Yabby guy's never going to be like a top 20 player, in my opinion. So the problem they have in their team, number one, is the only star player at the moment is Stown. And even then, remember, he's a rifler. He ain't Nico or Axile or fucking Rops. Or, he ain't that yet. He's still good, but he's a player that year on year. He's very Danish. He's just year on year improving, like, you know, 5%. And then the point is, like, next year, yeah, maybe next year is when he's, like, you know, sixth best player in the world. And we're like, right. So you're already going to have a little bit of a problem. CSGO is a game of stars. And in the playoffs and the big matches, the stars win you those matches. Like, one of the reasons back in the day a simple team could be worse is because as long as it, we go 1-1 one, one in maps, maybe he just takes over in map three. That's all we need. All he has to do is have one game where he drops 30, and you, you can be better. You can do every call right. It's simple. You win. They don't have a player like that. So, unfortunately, even though people love to big up Stown when he has the big numbers, he goes as the team goes. I always say he's one of those players where they, he lets the game come to him, right? Superstars just take the game by the scruff of the neck. That's what they do. And so, in Heroic, in my opinion, the main thing that makes them win or lose, and people are going to be shocked by this because they're going, you always flame it, is Cadian, mm -hmm. but not Cadian the Orper. KD in the AWP is average, in my opinion. He just has the odd up above average game. But KD in the IGL, I think he's very good. I think he's like top three in the world. Like he's he's actually, he's another person who's improved massively as they've gone to land. And so that factor, in my opinion, is why they've been able to win, go to the major final, all the rest of it. So the problem is, in my opinion, any team where the IGL sort of carries the team stylistically, you will by definition live or die on the IGL. And the problem when you don't have the mad firepower is you have to win off that. You have to win off your team play, the tactics, the right call. And those things are so fragile in the playoffs. Like if people know the classic teams without much firepower and a lot of like tactics, like Ents back in the day with Alexi B, 
They're always walking a tightrope. You're either in the game and it's your system's working or your system fails and you don't have Nico and Simple and Zebu to just go, right, 1v9 time. And Danish teams don't do that anyway. Danish teams do not press the panic button. They keep playing the proper way and they just, they're like Koreans. They just gracefully lose and come second and go, I take my hat to you, you were better. So the main problem is there's a lot of factors that mean I don't think they can be number one and they probably won't win tournaments this year. They might win the odd one. The, the best factor for them is this. The era when they did win them recently and now, the top of the scene is pretty wide open. But even so, you're still going to play a Fears who beats you in a bunch of those regards. Na'Vi maybe isn't going to win at the moment, but G2 has Nico and they're looking at it. You know what I mean? There are still teams where like you'd always pick these teams over them. And then the one last factor I will just throw out there is this. Right? The, this is where, if you're a heroic fan, you have to go the opposite to me and say they're going to have an era. Because guys... Off the top of my head, wasn't Dust 2 their permaban? Am I wrong on that one? I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. I think Dust 2 was their permaban. And that is the map that was removed, and Anubis came in. And if you look at Anubis, it's it's one of those maps where it's not a bad map. It hasn't been developed. But it's also one that's pretty wide open. I think almost everyone could play it now. And that is a map that they don't play, and looks like it's one of the worst maps, and they're just going to keep banning it themselves. So that makes it seem like, dude, if anything, this they almost Valve said will boost you up in the game. Here's your chance to win it all. So the downside is it's one of those teams where, like, I understand if you're a fan, it's a great feel-good story. The narratives are awesome. There's so many reasons to want to love them, but I'm a realist, mate. And in the, in the game, I've always said, Simple could be the biggest arsehole of all time. He'll still shoot everyone in the head, win the game, and you will be able to do nothing no matter how nice you are. So I personally don't think, like, they'll win another major... I don't think they'll even be that much of a contender. I think what they'll be is be a canny little dark horse, kind of like what they were before they won. I think once the top team's established, they'll be the team where it's like in a quarterfinal every now and then they'll beat Na'Vi, G2, Faze, but that'll be it. And they won't win the title, in my opinion, because my problem with that team is they've also bought into the narrative of Cadian as the saviour. They've bought into the narrative, it's all of us together and we're doing it as a family. Well, you know what? If you know sports, the best sports guys of all time are ruthless assholes like Alex Ferguson, Bill Belichick. Not only do these guys cheat, they will cut you even if you are Van Nistelrooy, mate. In this premise, this is more like if they'd have just kept like Dwight York for 15 years and at the end he's just terrible, but he's your mate. You know, you wouldn't have won all the Premier League. So that's the other problem. I also get the sense that they're not the ones that are going to be ruthless with the roster. I think they'll stick out with this roster the whole year unless there's like injuries or something. So I'm actually a little bit down on them compared to most people. Bearing in mind, yes, they won a big tournament. They were in the major final. All right. Um, that was pretty, pretty strong words. I'm sort of good, at, sort of good at this, you know. I can sort of, I can sort of do you, this like you, 10 minutes on any topic. Maybe got a few reps doing that, you know. Or, got a few reps yeah. doing that, yeah, you know. <laughs> Just a few. Fair play. Uh, so you're you're not sold at all. Uh, do you have a similar opinion to that, Rich, or are you more on the heretics band? I'm actually gonna go. I'm actually gonna say they're gonna win this tournament. And there's a few things to. I would say in most eras, I would not pick them as favourites. But I think, and Thorin alluded to it a little bit. I just don't trust any of the chasing pack right now. They've definitely got like sleeper players, and there are sleeper teams that can turn it on to a level that I don't believe that heroic are capable of turning it on to. But I also think you need to contextualize this tournament as well. Like, if people don't remember or didn't watch or whatever, the first time Heroic were kind of seen as, like, good but fraudulent was, like, when they won that Blast tournament online with the Cadian clutch where everyone going mental and people were like, ah, but it's online. And I, I would have gone along with that. I'd be like, yeah, it's online. Let's see how you, uh, how you do when we get back to lands and whatever. And then... They reached the major final, but didn't win. So you're like, well, that's a, still a great performance, a great placing. But so far as, you know, 
having a, a beatable online a, a beatable opponent at land you might have thought that's not like the hardest matchup they could have had and they came second but then when they won blast obviously the most recent blast obviously it's not like the biggest tournament there is but it's still a big tournament and i think the way they won is the best possible way they could have won it goes three maps and they win in overtime so to me the idea of like stage jitters or they haven't been there before and they won't just get over the line or whatever i think that everything is set up perfectly for them to win this also the fact that even though i mean it's technically not a major right but it, it's sort of the the it is to me it's like a major tournament even if it's not we technically a prestige major. events now yeah. i sort of coined the term because it, it's the majors plus Cologne right kind exactly of so I, I think it's kind of perfect in that it's like the next step up but not yeah. quite the same pressure like if they find themselves in the final it's not going to be quite the same as if it was a actual major or whatever so i think this is like the perfect storm of things happening that actually makes them in a, puts them in a very good position to win and as i said the chasing pack none of them are like a massive juggernaut at the moment right it's not like prime astralis fanatic uh nip uh, you know even e even relative to the competition i'd say like a prime very games or titan would be like stronger than the the chasing pack right i also want to just say a little bit about kadian as well because i think this guy and i agree like he's it's more a package of him rather than ha, we have an orpa that can rival no but this guy deserves major props, in my opinion, for, apart from anything else, this guy's longevity is mental. And Thorin talked about, like, the ad 5% thing. For people that don't know, this guy played way back in the day. I mean, basically, since CSGO's been a thing, Kaden's yep. been playing professionally, or actually, I would say, kind of semi-professionally at the start. He was on teams like Reason Gaming and these other teams that were, like, not particularly good, like Tier 2, Tier 3 teams. And every year, he's become a little bit more relevant. He went through that period where he's kind of exiled from teams for a bit because he was regarded as toxic or whatever. But he has positioned himself slightly better, basically, year on year on year. And now he is a legitimate Tier 1 player. Is he one of the best players in the world? No. But is he a legitimate, like, Tier 1 perpetual representative? Yeah, he is, absolutely. And as I said, like, to see him do that journey and then do that clutch in the blast finals online and then convert some of his other skill sets into like land wins, I think is a, a fucking awesome storyline. It's the SL Pro League, if you mean the one we did the one. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 pro, just just so people remember, we um, don't call you out, Rich. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think I think it's, uh, no, I've, I think they have a legitimate chance. And I think if they find themselves in a final, they will lose because they are worse if they do lose they will not lose because they're chokers who haven't been in this spotlight yet i think they've i think they've almost had like the perfect path where it's like next step next step next step and this is the next step and if they do win this i think they do have a, sh a shout to win a major this year I, I don't know if it's odds on but i think this has come at a really good time the reason why i would bet against them winning a major is i think one of these teams a g2 or i think these teams one of these teams will get their shit together and go on a run and i think once that team snowballed they'll just be better than heroic and as i said i don't think uh as thorin said i don't think they're the kind of team to make a knee-jerk change or even if there's like an opportunity to make like a really solid danish upgrade i don't think they'll do it i think they'll just they could they thought. could have had config yeah. they could have had a bunch of people they didn't yeah. try they, they won't so i i think they could be they could find themselves being the bridesmaid a lot this year but i i, I think they i think this is the perfect tournament at the perfect time for them Okay, so actually, for one of the few examples of where you guys have quite differing opinions, although at the same time, it sounds like there's similar similar vibes going on there. As someone who really is completely out of the CSGO pro scene right now and has no idea what's going on, 
Um, they won last time, right? So they're clearly the best team in the world, which means they're going to win this time around as well. So uh, I don't know why you guys have spent like, what was that, six or seven minutes talking about it when I've just summarized it in uh, 15 seconds. Anything else you guys want to say on that before I move on? I don't oh, really gosh. have anything to contribute. So I feel like that's quite a short conversation. But we'll go on to a more holistic and over overarching esports topic here. Not League of Legends or CSGO specific, but kind of the unfortunate reality of what's happening nowadays in esports uh, with potentially the bubble popping and um, we've seen cutbacks on a lot of organizations and uh, you know not not just uh, like professional orgs like for example optic kind of thieves and tsm but even the, the tournament orgs like riot games large-scale cutbacks a lot of money being saved not wanting to spend out as much dosh as they uh, have done in the past uh, i wonder and this is the question that I'm posing to both of you. Do you think the esports bubble has finally gone? That was quite a weak plosive, but you know, gone pop. Or is it just kind of a thing and, and whatever, and there'll be more venture capitalists and angel investors coming in to save the day? You know, do you think this is actually a, a sign of times changing, or is it just a thing and we can all move on and forget about it? Uh First, I'm going to go to Rich on this one. Tell me your thoughts. So here's the thing. I think if it was up to the teams, they would basically just go back to what I coined a few years ago of investor carousel. I think these teams <laughs> cannot help themselves. Like, yes, they're making cuts now. And I'm not saying this will be for every org. Like 100 Thieves cut 30 employees that is a huge proportion of their workforce yeah. i don't think that was some short-sighted thing that like you know oh maybe we'll change our mind i think they probably will go in a more uh business driven direction like they were always coined as like the hoodie org as well right like they definitely have lots of stock in being a proper business i feel like so far as these things go i think you see it with teams like team liquid when Steve will do a four minute video talking about how they're going to do like cut costs. And then you'll see in a couple of days when the articles come out about how much these cunts offer for Faker, by the way, that that's a load of bullshit. Like basically if opportunities present themselves, these people are still winning, wanting to sp absolutely splash the cash. I don't think these people can help themselves. I think they have no self-control. I think they have no willpower. And I think they want these circles to continue going whether they will or not it's a different question though because now esports is in a place in its life cycle where i don't think it's as easy to just con investors with loads of money to betting into people are seeing what's happened with the overwatch league there's much more clarity now on how much money is just being pissed away in the scene and also all of these things are public information as well right with teams cutting back on employees and stuff like that so i don't think that it's going to be as easy. And I think even though the teams ultimately don't want the bubble to burst, that it actually, to a certain extent, will burst. Also very telling is Riot, who they retracted it, right? But Riot put out a statement, or it was leaks that they were going to put out a statement saying, we're increasing the age to 18, right? And mm. obviously the strong inference on this, and by the way, I think they're probably correct to do this. I, I don't think this is like something controversial or whatever, but a big part of that decision making was obviously to do with sponsorships and how can we further monetize now remember the lec and the lcs have this lrp system which i'm not going to re-explain there are a million videos explaining it but basically in terms of how profit sharing works in the leagues and how they want to bring in money and there is a minimum guarantee 
that Riot promises. And what a minimum guarantee means, if they go to five sponsors and they can only rack up 10 million, but the minimum guarantee is that they would get 15, that's out of their pocket to the team. So they have to pay teams for their participation if the sponsors can't make up the full amount, right? So I suspect they're now in a situation where I don't know if they're making these minimum guarantees or not, but they're clearly wanting to put themselves in a position where it's a lot easier to fill that criteria and make more money, right? And they clearly resisted the fantasy betting and this kind of stuff for a really long time. But I think they're starting to realize realistically for the longevity of the leagues, we need to allow these kind of things. And obviously it's win-win for teams as well. And to be honest, I don't know why this was ever blacklisted in the first place. I I'm... I think this is an absolute no fucking brainer. There are some leagues that will still not be able to benefit in, in the sense that it won't save them, like Overwatch League. It doesn't matter how many things you whitelist, like so certain projects are just doomed, right? But I do think that you are seeing a level of universal awareness when it comes to the bubble that we're in and how close it is to bursting if it's not already like sort of mid-burst. So my overall take is that we're going to see teams desperately trying to do like multi rounds of series funding still you're going to want to see and by the way what's likely to happen is everyone's going to go to the saudis right like it's going to be like football everyone wants to be the first horse to go mm. to the saudis because then obviously there are certain people who don't treat these things as a business they just treat it as either a passion project or whitewashing or whatever so that will happen a few teams will get the benefit of that but everyone won't like, I doubt they're going to sponsor every fucking esports team. So to a certain extent, that that bubble will burst. And of course, as well, you have the sunken cost fallacy as well, right? Which is people are so unwilling to do certain things financially because they feel it will devalue what they've already propped up. But those foundations are rickety as shit. So whether they like it or not, it's going to, you know, it can come crashing down if, if they don't get angel, angel investment. So yeah, I think that the bubble actually is very close to bursting if it's not already mid-burst. Um, but the teams don't want it to. Like These people are so low on acumen and so high on hubris that they want to just keep playing big boy business and look at us spending this money and look look how many titles we can fund and buy or whatever. But yeah, I, I actually do think the bubble is uh, close to bursting. We'll see. Like if, if I mean, Riot could announce like a $200 million thing with DraftKings or something next year, which will take care of like LEC or something. But more holistically, when it, especially like CSGO and stuff like that, um and their history with with different uh regulations on sponsors and so on i think either you're going to see mass changes when it comes to this and all sorts of other options are going to come into the space like alcohol as well maybe even porn like i wouldn't be surprised you know if you said two years from now a team will be sponsored by only fans wouldn't be surprised right you're either going to see wholesale changes like that or yeah the bubble the bubble's bursting Wait, just on the age thing, the reason why I hate that, I already hated if people don't know that for many of the initial years, 17 was older than the Asian leagues had. All you need to know is this, Faker was 17 when he won with first Worlds. They're not even going to let you play in LEC. Like, I'm glad they withdrew that. But the problem is, you're right with the implication there. The implication is, spoiler, Riot never had any principles all along because your principles only exist when tested. So if when tested you go, I would never allow like crypto and betting and porn and gambling and... We need money, sir. 
allow all of those things. Like then you never believed it anyway. What that meant is you just had the luxury of not having to do that because Daddy was Daddy Warbox Tencent was giving you the money. Or when you were Riot Games, <laughs> you made infinity dollars off the game. Therefore, you could put whatever you want in LCS and esports. The joke is, you'll at the time you would have never given Rich a cut though, HDK and TSM Reggie. You just have to make it in the fucking wild west, mate. I'll make all the money. You just sort of live in the town around and sell shovels or something. It's garbage, isn't it? So I think to me. If we go into this particular topic, Rich hit a very, very big point right there. Because I'm working with a company where we talk to big companies and we agencies and all this stuff behind the scenes. I can tell you right now, when you have these meetings with people who are sponsors or investors, a lot of them don't know esports. They just know it as a thing in the same way as like a few years ago. People were like, oh, UFC's the hot new thing. So the point is, your point of contact is like, educate me and then I'll decide if I'm going to invest, right? When they see things in the Washington Post or online, like Face Clan is up the arse, going to go dead. Oh, fucking FTX. They just bankrupted like LCS and TSL. When they see all that, Team Liquid, they spent $7 million on a roster and didn't even get to Worlds and had to go through the back door to activate at Worlds like bitches. Like, when they hear that, they think that's the whole space falling. They think the sky's falling. They think, like, like they don't know, like... Face Clan doing a shit deal with Snoop Dogg and fucking everyone over on some stock isn't this doesn't have any effect on whether G2 should be invested in or ESL should be invested in or you should put money into the LCS as a sponsor. That's unrelated matters. But to a bit to someone who's outside, they're not. In the same way as people who don't know about crypto think crypto is Bitcoin, and if Bitcoin goes down, crypto must be dying. That's actually totally not a direct correlation. Like, there's certainly a weak to medium correlation, but it doesn't have to be that way. People know one coin can die and the others can succeed. So I will say that is going to massively set people back because that's a perception issue. So that means you're, now you're going to have to win them over. I do think, though, luckily, when they say the bubble bursts, the problem is they make it sound like the bubble bursts and then that industry is just done forever. Go. And it's a win. No, because the bubbles burst like two times already in esports. When I first joined in 2000s with the dot-com bubble burst, that reset everyone, no advertising again. After, If you don't know, the early days of the internet, you'd have a moron pay you $10,000 for a banner that no one ever clicked on because he doesn't know anything. It's the internet. That quickly got corrected in the market. Then in 2008, you had wankers like MYM, meet your makers going like, what's that moon, grubby, and neo and Taz? You make 2000 how about 10000 a month? Oh, I've got all the best players. And your money left bankrupted. Don't pay anyone out. And everyone goes down again. People lose. These are called market corrections. Notice how the people getting fucked out the scene are all the dickheads who weren't providing any value. There's a famous saying, when the what when the when the tide goes out, you see who was swimming naked. That's what you're gonna find. <laughs> so the good news is, if you're G2, Team Liquid, Cloud, maybe not Team Liquid as much, but I, th I think they can still turn it around with all the other games. If you're the really good teams, you'll be fine. You you will actually maybe in a short in the long term you will benefit from this. You will do what they do when there's blood in the streets, even when it's your own. You buy. That's the saying of all those fuckers like Warren Buffett and J.P. Morgan and stuff. So if you have the capital to survive with your on ramp, if you have the investor that will stick with you because he knows it's not like Faze Clan, you've done a good job with your partnerships, you can survive. And the best thing is a dickhead like Faze will leave. And when he's been overpaying someone, you come in and pay him the proper amount. You have, he was paying forty k, you come in at twenty k. Now we can do business. Now. We're back in the game so i think some there is going to be this but it's like it's going to be like a, a purging we have to go through you have to do this to get rid of all the shit and then we can sort of look we can't rebuild a new because as rich said there's a downside which is yes china and saudi arabia and the evil people could swoop in and give us a safety net which just involves giving up all our morals and principles spoiler a lot of esports was way ahead of the game on that one so they don't really have much to give up do they so i'll just say that there is that and then i'll also say 
as with the teams, if you're a really put together investor, now's your best time to invest. Because actually, remember, the industry is going down, but the views are still enormous. You can get the views for even cheaper. You can get in there on a sponsorship, maybe half of what they were paying for nation, you know, whatever it was. You can get in there for an even better deal. So if you sort of know the game, some people will still invest. Some people will see the opportunity. Some people will see, like, I'll double down when others bail out. And then the last thing I would say is this. I actually think it's my game, CSGO, that's going to get hit the worst. Because remember what allowed them all to be deluded, that it was going to all be okay in CSGO. We don't need Flashpoint Rich because we've got the Louvre agreement and we've got that minimum guarantee and it's going up, you know, and we're getting a little bit of money now. Well, what happens when it goes down? Because remember, you already didn't have enough. You would just get into that. If it goes the other direction, I can tell you they're going to get very unhappy in CSGO, mate. And that is a game where, like, it's not even like they pay people already, like 100k a month, like stupid League of Legends. But they do pay people 40k and 50k a month and 35k. And sometimes those are ones where it's like, this is where I sometimes think the joke is, the area that Americans and the LCS are ahead on, is when you make a franchised league, you're also incentivized as orgs to at least work together and be reasonable to fuck the players combined. In CSGO, they're so dumb, they will outbid each other. Like, the joke is, if the right three owners sat down in CSGO, they could destroy all the buyouts between them. They could just give each other players and just agree, like, I give you one, I get one next door, and that only has to be, like, 50k buyout. Instead, they're still playing the game, which doesn't make any sense in the other games, by the way, of like, lol, I ripped him off for 400k, and then you come to get his player once you're on your team, what the hell, 300k, but you don't, you're like, and you're all just doing that to each other, so I think CSGO's the canary in the coal mine, mate. I'd watch that one, if this game starts to die out, it's going to get wild, because League has, like you say, there's all these external factors that you can make work in League, and the Riot one as well, Riot just never had tightened their belt, they never did actually see what the game was capable of, in some ways it might actually force them to see what is the interest, like, do gambling people want to sponsor it, do alcohol people want to sponsor it, are they actually like the NFL, which they've always claimed to be, spoiler, the NFL, the UFC have that shit all over them, you morons, how are you ever going to beat them without those markets and sectors, so, in some ways it could level esports up, but I do think we're going to take a big hit, one last thing to say, is here's a little pro tip as someone who is a media figure and understands how to observe media lies. You might think if you just read websites, there's not really a recession though, is there? And it depends where you're looking, right? Here's how this works. They say it's definitely not happening. It's definitely not happening because look, if I skew these stats and torture the numbers, look, it looks fine still. It's pretty much the same. And you know, in 1937, we also had a similar thing because you just don't know anything about that. So you'll think, oh, I guess it went okay. Then they go to like, even if it was happening, it wouldn't be the end of the world. And then they go, it is happening, but here's a good reason as to why it happened. And then they go, it happened because it's your fault. And here's how you can, you know what I mean? Like, spoiler, you're at that phase at the moment where they're still like, it's not really happening. Like, they're, just wait for the next few months. They'll start to change that story. And by the end, like I said, they'll be like, and it's a good thing. Well, I actually sort of explain why it's a good thing too, but. They will be disingenuous when they say that. Yeah, I think I think when it comes to the CSGO, I think in the short term at least, something like completely normalizing, to use a, a, a woke term, normalizing gambling like back in CSGO would go a long way, not just from the pure money-making perspective of the instantaneous sponsorship stuff you could do, but also a lot of statistical stuff has come out in the last couple of weeks, whatever, about CSGO viewership being down for the first time with like sort of parallel tournaments from this year to previous years or whatever so i mean with csgo these things do tend to go up and down it's not usually a, a consistent graph of like oh well viewership's down 20 percent for this tournament uh from last year so that means the game's dying like invariably it will go swings and roundabouts but yeah i i do think csgo in a way could be one of the best if not the best beneficiary 
from the these kind of changes because we've seen it in practice so we know it's like sort of proof of product if you like but also yeah i i do agree that they're simultaneously kind of have the most to gain but are also the most vulnerable currently like csgo does feel it's apart from anything else this is like lame ass analysis but it does just feel more vulnerable than like league of legends for example I'll give you a reason as well, a, a reason none of you will have thought of that's actually also going to hurt CSGO, mate, which is, you won't believe this because this is so unfortunate, but literally the exact time period of when this conflict began, which is essentially like eliminated, not Russians entirely, but like you're not going to get as many go to like any old team. They're going to stay in their teams there. And unless you were established, you're not getting signed to a Western team. They are having the greatest, like, golden generation of talent ever. Like, if people don't know, half the players in the major playoffs were Russian. Like, this is the era of the jokies where you could have gotten cheap talent. You yeah. could have gotten a guy for 3K who's amazing. Like, he's as good as fucking Nico. Now you can't, because politically, you're not allowed to get him. Or it's a fucking nightmare trying to make that work and not get punished in some way. So that, that also is something that's going to crush you, because we're not like a game. Like, in league as well, remember, you could always get cynical. And they tried this years ago just competitively. Remember when they were like, maybe we just let, like... Australians all join or whatever. You can always do stupid shit like that. Because remember, the big thing that kills you in games like League is the salaries, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the actual game. There's nothing wrong with the game. If we all went back to salaries from 2016, we'd be fine. It's just we can't rewind the clock. So, yeah, that's the issue for me. Yeah, thanks, Noah Winston. <laughs> you know what? Has anyone ever, has anyone ever said, Rich, I've got to ask you something. Has anyone ever said on stream the reason why Noah Winston's Immortals didn't get into the LCS? Because I'll say it yeah. now if they haven't. Yeah. Has well, it? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you what I have been told. And then oh, maybe. It's probably the same story. Yeah. I was it's told, really funny, though, right? Yeah. I was told that this guy. By the way, this is coming from someone who literally attended these franchise meetings and the went through the whole shebang, the application process, whatever. So I know exactly what this looked like. And basically, what we did to juxtapose what apparently happened with Noah is we had a scrupulously put together physical application of I don't know how many pages uh, outlining certain things and growth plans and um, yeah, how we're going to tap into certain markets, Asian expansion, like the whole shebang. So me, our lawyer our CEO, a board representative, a bunch of us, we attend this meeting, like what is regarded as sort of the most important meeting when it comes to this process. And we deliver our pitch, essentially. They've already had the application ahead of time. They've looked through it, blah, blah, blah. We have a big back and forth. There's all, you know, more communication going on outside of this. And essentially that is the last thing that happens before they deliberate and decide who gets in or not. My understanding is Immortals, uh, headed by Noah Winston, attended said meeting with no physical application at all, no emails, no documents, no data, nothing. Just him on his own went into a room and sat there smugly with his hands doing the Andrew Tate Illuminati and just basically, I'm sure it was, you know, a bit more nuanced than this, but basically said, I'm me. I'm great. Immortals <laughs> are great, aren't, aren't we? Look how wonderfully, you know, we've represented the league. Aren't we magnificent? And right, we're like, no. See ya. And that, I mean, that's the, as far as I know, that's the crux of it. I, I could be wrong. Something like, like, here's the thing the, the, the gist of the story is totally, I just heard, like, maybe this is exaggeration. Someone told me it was like that, but they, he just, they just submitted, like, you know, like a two page, like, what, what, like, immortals, like, you know, like, and it had nothing. Because if you don't know, 
it doesn't matter who you are. Even if you are FaZe Clan, but they were a very famous team, you still come with a whole deck and it has everything. This is the talent pipeline. This is how we worked on the margins. This is what he's put. The idea that you would have that hubris, which the joke is, that was the defining thick characteristic. Even though I liked some aspects about that guy, the, the sheer arrogance and hubris he had was fucking obnoxious. And the joke is, even Riot don't like assholes like that, mate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was going to say, like, if, if you've peeved off right in that sense, that's pretty fucking impressive. <laughs> I think it, you have to look at it just on, like, a very base level, whether it's Riot or anyone else. Just the fact that Riot shows up with a bunch of people and a bunch of documents and uh, a line of inquiry and pre-prepared questions and things that they want to talk with you about and things you want to answer, and you show up leaning back in your fucking chair with no document, nothing, just like, look at me, I'm great. Which, by the way, was also... Uh, I guess consistent with the brand because notice how every fucking video that went on YouTube was just Noah Winston, never his teams or anything like that, yeah. just Noah Winston talking to a camera reminding everyone how he won a debate tournament when he was in oh. university or something. <laughs> I was literally going to bring that up. So I remember that too. It's like <laughs> I, I, even Riot just sat there like this. This is fucking disrespectful. Like this is just straight up disrespectful that you put that little time and effort into this because you were so sure we would just say yes to you. So yeah, I mean. Got what he deserved, didn't he? Little weasel. They got back in like a year after, though, right? When a team dropped out for like four times the price. So that was the thing where they'd been sold, and it was like the optic thing or whatever the fuck was yeah. it. Yeah. So Something it was. Like it wasn't really him anymore. Put it that way. That, I think that. In yeah, fact, that was not, even implied. That was part of the reason in, why he's not been involved yes. since the rejection. That was literally implied that that was part of why they would didn't want him back. Basically. Yeah. yeah exactly. Fair play. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how esports develops because it always seemed I, you know, as, so, as someone who's been following esports since it wasn't really a thing. I know Thorin's probably sitting there like, honestly, what, what are you talking about? I've been following esports since before esports was a thing as well in the fifties or whatever when uh, you were going in your, in your heyday. You know, watching the league scene just grow from you know playing against the pro teams and go for lols because that was the way you made money back in the day on your your sunday evenings for fucking i don't know how much you done like 50 yeah. fucking dollars split between the team and where it is now where it's like just absolutely insane and still you know, get about first... 50 dollars by the way for winning lec they haven't changed that prize pool since like fucking 2013 oh, Mitch, so. i'll tell you the one no one's noticed this is how you know league worlds was never like ti Homie, if I ask you now, have you looked how much the winner of Last World's got? No. Right? No idea. Take a, take a guess now, Rich, before you look. I think it's like three million. Go go have a look quick. I want you to do it on street. Go now and look on like Gamepedia or whatever. Look how much the winner of Worlds, DRX, got. You won't even believe this. When you see this, you'll realize, how was this not front page news, top of the subreddit? Why is everyone not talking about this? Are you oh ready? Oh, my Say the number. goodness. Say the number. So the total prize pool was, I can't find the winner breakdown here, but the total prize pool was, uh, no, this can't be right, though. Hmm. 2.2 million? That can't be That's right. It's for though. the entire thing. Yeah, for the entire thing. Look what thing. it says there. Look what it says, Rich. If you do if you do a Google search, it says out of which this is from like Statista or something, it puts out of which, are you ready? Twenty two percent was awarded oh. to the first place. What is twenty two percent of two point two million, goodness. Rich? Like forty K. Four hundred K. Three hundred and fifty K or something. Yeah, it's about four hundred K. If you want to know something, fans, I am Katowice, not a major, has four hundred K for first place. 
There's even a tournament in league, in CSGO last year. No one saw it. It was won by Heroic. Can you believe that? It was a tournament called Pinnacle Championship. It was a lad in Sweden that had, um, I think, like 150k first place. Like, guys, you know, it used to be a million when it started. Then one time it was about two million. And then you remember they used to, a few years back, add in the world yeah. skins, which were pumping up. Yeah. Dude, 400k for first at Worlds. What? That's not, that means DRX didn't even change their lives daughter style. Yeah. They just got a nice payday. After and by the taxes. way, the org probably got part of that. Exactly. Yeah, after taxes and org cut, that is That's genuinely metal, it? like yes. 40 Isn't that wild? And doesn't this blow your mind? No one's mentioned this. Hasn't been on a single talk show, nothing, nowhere. I would have to I would have to check, but I think when we came third slash fourth in twenty sixteen that we got around three hundred and something. It makes sense, yeah. So that that is fucking that is mind blowing. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah. That's another so I've always I've always thought the monopoly of Riot Games kind of affects well, I've looked at it from a talent perspective, right? Just the way they, they pay they pay their talent like peanuts and breadcrumbs yep. compared to like what they actually deliver on on a broadcast but obviously i'm biased because i was talent for a while i've never thought about it from from a, from a prize pool perspective but it's the same thing like you said that some random tor tournament in sweden had like 150k if there were organizations bidding to try and get big prestigious handsome, tournaments in league like you damn sure those Bloody, like, yeah, uh, like the most depressing uh, thing as a league fan, mate, you can do is go to the website esports earnings and click on the top players in all games. The top 50 Foxtrop is just like everyone in Dota, like one guy in StarCraft and then Faker or something like yeah. it's a joke, mate. And by the way, it's only Faker because he was in like five world's finals or something like the joke is there's people who won TI once, fucked off, never did anything, and they're like 27th all time above everyone to ever play League of Legends. Right. But the salaries <laughs> are probably like way higher for League players. Here's think. a... So, yeah, it depends on how many years we're going. Here's a fun, here's a fun one for you. I double checked just in case. Take a guess at what how much money the team in total gets for winning LEC. Like the, the current LEC split that it's gonna in. be like 40k, isn't it? Yeah. 42 yep. 42,000. Which is what it started at, I think. Isn't that what it started <laughs> at? Like the beginning of LCS in yeah. 2013. It was like that, wasn't it? It was like I'm pretty sure it was like two hundred I mean, even though it was still shit, it was like two hundred and fifty K like for the last couple of years per split, I feel like. But the, I don't know. This is the total prize pool is like eighty fucking but spoiler. 000, I think Riot has because they know we don't discuss it. It's not a thing we do in League. Because they know prize money isn't a thing we talk about. I think they've already secretly been chiseling away at the bloody <laughs> the budget as it is last year, mate. I think they, we just didn't notice. They were sort of nicking it out when we weren't noticing. Little See, borrowers. <laughs> Refer reference game on point. You like that one. I know Foxtrot borrowers. Of course. Yeah, the borrowers are banging. By the way, I before watched, taxes... I watched the thingy, Ariati. You should watch that. It's the anime version. Oh, really? Oh, I did not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not too bad, honestly. It's not too bad. For, pe for people sweet. that uh, don't know about how... how uh, yeah, so on, the ga on Gamepedia, 489,500 is what they list DRX as winning. Yeah, that's mental. For people that don't know how, how like, prize pool works, prize pool in Germany and lots of other countries as well, but specifically in Germany with LEC here, it's classed as a bonus and bonuses are taxed at much worse rate than salary for example and salary is already badly taxed in germany so per player by the way this is assuming that the org gets no cut that no coaching staff gets any cut per player before taxes 8k if you win lec that is <laughs> mental that is about a quarter of the top okay. players monthly salary so for some, that's less than a quarter of the top player's monthly salary. That is fucking mental. 
Like, Jesus Christ, just give him a free fucking ice cream or something. Like, holy shit. Now I'm going to get people saying, oh, how dare you be so trivial about huge amounts of money? But I mean, in this context, like, that is that is mental. That is truly mental. Yeah, but there's three splits now. So, you know, right, be like, ah, oh, well, we only pay 40,000, but now we pay out three times, not just twice. Yeah, so, three chances really? to get what is probably about $3,800 after tax per person if you and, if you well, win. that's not splitting it either i i highly doubt they're gonna see you know with, with your cuts and like coaches and stuff like that i mean i don't know how it works it's over 50 i can tell that, you but... a bonus is taxed at over 50 percent in germany and then that's again i'm still not assuming any org cut or yeah that, yeah that is mental you're probably getting about 3800 dollars. oh and by the way and dollars, enjoy so. enjoy if you're like a danish player the aforementioned greatest european i think they're one of those countries that like still tax you at their rate no matter what you make in another country <laughs> so so imagine being caps by the way i'm sorry to tell you caps has had a way worse career financially than almost like every top daughter player ever it's, it's mad Gosh, crazy isn't it bloody hell um I can't almost thought we were talking about these sports. Originally yeah. about whether like the bubble's yeah. gonna burst, right? What do you think, Fox Drop? Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I know that's right. I was saying like I just think it's it's, just I mean, it's fucked up. LEC can't even afford you anymore. Like know, it's going man. to the dogs, isn't it? I know. What can I say though? I, I priced myself out though. I was uh, like, yeah, true. I'm worth this. Exactly. Much. And I just exactly. couldn't afford it. So yep. in the end, they were just like, no. Nah, no, nah, you sorry, do you. Man. Yeah, don't don't yeah, ever yeah, give yeah. in. Don't go back to him. I've got I've got morals and principles. And you wait. I have morals and principles until the Saudi money comes in yeah. and I can crawl him back. Well, you're just, you're just trying to drive a better deal. Exactly. Naked. Yeah, you're just yeah. trying to drive a better deal. Just don't settle yeah, for like 100k. Get the, get the mill. Get you, the hold, mill. you hold, you hold, you hold, you hold. That's what I read online. You know, you hold and then uh, bam, eventually it will all come through. And uh, you'll, you'll see me, you'll see me with my gold teeth and my diamond necklace on the, on the upcoming LEC broadcast in the next few years or something. It will be... It will be a glorious return for the golden riches, uh, not H2K riches, wealthy riches that I can uh, deposit in, into my bank account. Anyway, with Ender that... back on the cast, you're probably likely to see that anyway. I'd imagine at some point. True, he's got. He's. A... I'm not gonna lie. Okay, this is off topic. Come on, because well. I might. I might. I might do a little rant if you do something. So come on, come on, hit me with it. Come on. <laughs> okay, come on. okay. I feel like I'm just setting you up for this now, but I'll come say on. it anyway. Yep. I kind of like Ender's fits, you know. When he first started, I know. When he first started, I wasn't a fan, right? Not this year, just like okay. whenever he, he, when he okay. When he first first first, first right. came on the show, he looked like the fish his son, right? And then he started breaking breaking the mold and kind of whatever. Yeah. And when he first started with that, I wasn't sold, and that was mostly because of the juxtaposition between his outfits and everyone else on the yep. broadcast. So I remember doing an EU Masters with the same thing as well. We were all wearing suits. He comes in with a bomber jacket. Partially, it was kind of the hubris of him, like being a EU LCS at the time slash LEC guy, and we were all just E Masters guys. We can wear whatever the fuck he wants, and no one's gonna say no to him. And I think that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Anyway, I didn't like it then when no one else was matching it, but now that the entire broadcast has got more of a casual style, okay. and he can now just go do whatever he wants. Fuck it, I like it. I think it's all right. You know, I have. I'm. I'm not saying everything that. Yeah, I won't. I won't say everything. Is 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 all rosy and shiny for me in my eyes, but it fits specifically. I'm cool with. I'm going to take totally opposite perspective. First of all, I think it is incredibly jarring that like Vedius and Dracos can look like it's their day off and they're just coming in to do a script meeting and then Law and Shocks look fucking fire like they're about to accept an Oscar. That is mental. Like the contrast is like. 
Like, what is this broadcast? And then secondly, and spoiler, none of these guys have great fashion. Like, maybe Dracos pulls it off. He sort of has, like, the humanoid swagger. I'm not really trying, but I sort of look good anyway. He has that. I think the end of one, it's the opposite for me. I thought it was all right at the beginning because he just did the odd one. Here's what I hate. Right, this this is one thing that actually does annoy me. Is you know everyone's doing this thing now. Where it's like, I mean, we won't go into that joke that you said on Twitter, but yeah, there's like a meme around him again. Everyone's doing it. Right, here's the problem with that. If you want to be the guy who is unique and expresses himself in his clothing, you do it selectively out of respect for the broadcast and what your job is. Because what you do is you do like Monty or Semler does or the a quick shot. What you do is when it's the finals, you get a really flashy outfit. When it's like worlds, you bring something unique like Monty comes in out. That's when you do it. Ender now is doing this every single day. So what he's doing now is he's not just wearing a slightly unusual fit. He's wearing Shit like the jokes where you'd be like, look at Gaga's new outfit. He's wearing intentionally stupid attention-seeking stuff. Now, he might love it, but what does it do? It means every broadcast segment, they must address his outfit. Everyone on Twitter must talk about his outfit. The broadcast becomes about what he is wearing, not what comes out of his mouth. When do people ever talk about his fire takes? When do they talk about the fact that American, again, has integrated themselves? They don't. It's just a one-line meme that is a gimmick, which is, I'm going to get as much attention as I can, and I hate that because here's the thing you the broadcast is bigger than you like you are supposed to play your role and I've told you you can have your flourishes within that you can have that but when you sort of intentionally almost troll and bait people and try and a bit like attention or a bit like it's not that you can't do it do it but I'll say shit like this those are the consequences yeah I, I think... oh sorry go on well, I was just gonna say I I I mean, I'm just gonna disagree. I think like it's it's. I know I agree with like every like everyone's just talking about his outfits and like. Oh, like I'll get the I'll, I'll tell the other people. Don't fucking address it all the time. Just let him wear it. You know, you could do that as well. Right. I just I just I think like it's yeah the outfits themselves or whatever. But I just know to address the the you know um the the broadcast is bigger than you. I know for a fact because I worked on that show. Everyone on that show has aspirations. It's almost like they're encouraged to yep. kind of how yeah. do we make this about us? You yep. know. Like it's very much uh, behind the scenes in the dressing rooms. It's very much like the they're the kind of I don't know whether they even do it on purpose, but like the, you, they they have goals and aspirations that they, they want it to be about them and not about the game. So everyone has goals. How and it's 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 almost like a riot um, encouraged thing where you're meant to have like. So how are you going to improve and how are you, how are you going to grow your brand? Uh, I think as, they've worn that one back recently, though, to be fair. I don't think they're in the business of king-making anymore. I've... No. Yeah, sorry, yeah. go on. Well, and it, and it's just like, when when that happens, I just, I didn't agree with with how it kind of showed on broadcast sometimes. Like, I generally just think, like, it just takes away from, from the broadcast itself quite a lot, personally. And I've had experiences with people who have been, like, declined gigs purely because I had someone who, quote, said, yeah, maybe if you had a bigger brand, we'd put you on. He was a fantastic fucking caster, brilliant caster, but they didn't think his brand was big enough, so they didn't put him on the show. And I was just like, that just seems like, I mean, I understand it because you get guys like the Bolts on the show or like LS or whatever, and obviously they bring value to the show just because they're such a huge personality. And it's fine to have that on every now and then. But like, I just, you know, I, it's when your goal is specific, when, when it's a self kind of, uh, a, a, a self-aggrandizing goal yeah like like that's your purpose that's what you want to achieve at the end of split it's not like yo i want to improve the way that i deliver analysis on this and this and this i want you know the goals always seem to be around how do i kind of just 
make myself bigger in the context yeah. of the broadcast. That's a problem in really itself, like though, because it's basically always an audition. It's like everyone's auditioning. Yep. People are trying to one up. And the thing is, as well, you can see proof in the pudding of what Fox originally said, because these people all the time will post pictures of themselves beforehand, like in the makeup chair or something, saying, going for a 70s look today. And it's like, mm. have you talked about Like, there's no coordination of, other than like special one-off events. Like, people are just trying to, I don't want to say they're trying to one-up each other because maybe that's reading too much into it, but people are just trying to create their own, like, bang every time they go on the cast, but it's all individual. There's no theme. There's no, like, as, as Thorin said, like, a couple of people can look like they're in max formal wear looking to accept an award, and other people are like, whoa, it's cowboy week. It's like, what are we doing? This is such a, again, the good word, like, jarring. It's like, yeah. <laughs> It, th there's very few people where you can say, okay, whatever show this cunt's gonna come on, Boy George is gonna wear his fucking fedora or whatever, right? It's like, there's yeah. very few people where that's a thing that you just accept and it is so synonymous with their brand, you're like, okay, fine. But when I see Ender like looking like a homeless guy like one day and then the next day he's got like black eye shadow and he's like on Twitter saying, yeah, this was inspired by the film The Raven. It's like, what are we doing? Like, Shox is wearing, like, some evening dress and you're dressed up like you're going to go on a fucking school shooting spree. Like, I know where the vibe when he's on the broadcast with the city outfit as well, That that's what irritates me because he's doing that thing. Why is everyone looking at me? I'm only dressed, like, half naked with a tit out and I've got, like, a thong on. What are you looking at? What's the deal, guys? Like, you did that intentionally for the attention. Look, by the way, it, as, as Foxtrot quite aptly said, Said, you're not the only one and that is an enormous thing in broadcast talent spoiler it's like what a comedian said years ago obviously all comedians are fucked up why would you want a whole room of people to only listen to you and not be allowed to talk there's something a bit fucked up about that but he's just doing it where like it's just to me it's a bit too transparent you know like fucking make it a bit more nuanced you know like i say do it but be a bit more sparing with it in fact if you do that like monty and quick it'll have more impact it'll look cooler when you do it you know yeah i mean that's funny as well as you mentioned that because there's I think Endo's kind of, that's part of his brand now is like what he wears. But Monty, part of his brand was his fashion and what he wears. Yeah, yeah. Very different ways of going about it. I think it's quite an interesting thing you put on. One of the last things I'll say on the topic as well is as, as a summary of, of, the, of what it was like when I was, when I, when I was working with the LEC. It was, it was almost like if you made it to Reddit for whatever you did, whatever it was, like a little segment you had or something, whatever, whatever. Like you are put, you know, one of, the, one of those things where like uh, you're kind of hoisted up in a chair. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. That's you know, you're you're the hero of the day if you've got a Reddit thread about you. And but whenever there's a thread, by the way, about LEC on Reddit, look, at, just click on the comments. That the thread will be an hour old. There'll be an LEC member in there having having made made a made a comment because they are constantly trying to like that. That's what they want. You know, they want to be on Reddit. They 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 want that kind of like external attention. And like that's how they judge the success of their broadcast is like how the response of Reddit Reddit goes, you know, and it's just like Yeah. I, I they want the attention someone... unless it's negative. And then it's like, whoa, can't a brother just wear whatever he wants? Like, oh my god, oh. Sure, I, just, I tweeted I it out beforehand, but you know even though I am saying it intentionally in an abstract way, which means I'm being slightly naughty because I could mean other things. But I'll just say it. One thing I think's whack as fuck in the modern day is the notion I have the right to wear whatever I want, but you don't have a right to an opinion. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I do. <laughs> try and by the way, spoiler, try and stop me. Better men have tried and died. <laughs> 
fucking Leonidas over here. There you go. <laughs> That's true. I am on some smart shit. Exactly. <laughs> uh, why'd you it. give away Ender's next outfit, mate? Fucking hell. There you go. You oh, the joke is he would, wa- he would walk he in would. like that with just like the, like the chastity belt thing. Like, <laughs> like what are y'all looking at? You Have never you seen a guy with... Have you fucking seen the film Dodgeball where they get their kits mixed up oh, at the end yes. of the film and they all come out in yeah. BDSM outfits? Yeah. Well, at least two of those outfits I can imagine him walking on the stage with. And to be honest, I'm I know I know we're kind of ragging on him a bit here, and we all have had disagreements. Personally, I would like to see it. And I would I'd be like, yes, I would. Um, no comment on his new nickname or anything like that, just purely just straight as far as it goes, like can we also just talk about that just for a split second? What the shit is going on with? Did no one think about that? I, I like. I don't want to like say, yeah, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to call him that phrase anymore. Okay, I'll just say for for pure clarity, so you guys know what we're talking about here. Ender being the meme lord that he is, like that's his brand, whatever. People have come up with a new nickname. They call him like Ender and like uh, it, like the, the, you know how like Cadles call like Cathedral every times and uh, times like that and whatever they do uh, spins on his name. Ender's Ender wants a piece of that pie, and people have started calling him Bender. I'm not sure where that came from or what the relation to it is. I think he made a tweet about stretching, but if you're not aware, in British slang, Bender is like a gay slur. So it's really quite, to use the word jarring, as as we were using before, to open Twitter and have the LEC account tweet, OK, Bender. It's the problem, though, Foxtrop. I won't, I won't make it a big thing, but my problem with that, it goes very simply like this. Obviously, none of those people should be in trouble. First of all, yeah. it's yeah, the name yeah, of a yeah, character yeah. from Futurama. There was a very yeah. famous battle rapper called Bender. There's a million... A Bender in English can also mean you drink too much and you go yeah. on the weekend with your body. Yeah. There's a million yeah. angles. Guess what? Words have etymologies, and what's actually offensive is if someone's intention is to racially yes. discriminate you or say... It was never the case, which, spoiler, does tie in, I'll intentionally not say it, to certain other words. That depends on what the context was. So the joke is none of these things should ever gotten anyone in trouble unless you knew they were intentionally discriminating someone. Like, the joke is even if Ben Ender was like, what the hell that means that? I would be like, don't worry about it, bro. No yeah, one thinks yeah. he did it that way. No, there's no. And the last thing to say is this. Why is it that way? Why would this word not be like that? But then the American... Because this is what the bloody internet is like. This is why the joke is no one dislikes Americans for your freedom. They dislike you because you try to make every other fucking country America. So what you try to tell us is that when a German, when a fucking French player translated into German or whatever it was, says a word that when it is translated, you know, that one with that guy who said like the subhuman or whatever, you try to make out like, well, since I've done 50 different backflips and you didn't mean it, you said a word. Naughty boy to the gulag. Like that's fucked. That whole mentality, I hate it. And the whole thing where they do that, like, there's people, I've always said this, I'm amazed still there hasn't been a Korean import to the LCS accidentally fuck around yeah. and say the wrong thing that he heard in a scrim practice and yeah, then he yeah. says it on the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, it almost, if people don't know in the early days, it did happen. Like, the, the European players, Alex Six from them were just going, we have raped them in this game and people were going like, yeah. woo, woo, woo. And then he was just looking like, what? You know, we we really dominated them. It's like, ooh. So I don't think it should be a big thing, but sadly, it's just like, that's probably the most annoying thing that you'll know about things like that is there is no line. You know, when they go, what about the line? There is no line. The line is just, what's the, re- what's the response? Did people get mad? No? Oh, well, it was fine to say then. Oh, they did get mad. Well, that was the worst thing ever you said. Like, ah, what a stupid game to play that is. Because I agree with you. It should be fine. It's not the end of the world to say yeah. it. No, we all know no one means it in that way. Yeah. I think what's happening now with, with the whole end of Bender situation is how it should be. Like, I open Twitter. I see that. I get a little bit of a chuckle. 
that's the end of it. No one means it. Oh, no, yours was a good no meme. Exactly. Yeah. I thought yours was funny. Exactly. Yeah, it, that's, it that's it. You know, and, yeah. and because there's no ill intent behind it, like whatever. The world is bigger than Britain, you know. And, and like we, and even so, again, you just there's just if there's no negative intention, why would we get yeah. caught up about it? Um, I will wrap it up on there before Rich digs himself into a hole, another hole. I feel like it, no, it's no. This is my new thing. We... Now I just say, if ever I want to say something that's a bit out there, I just say as someone else that I know um, said, and then I read a proceed to said, say it. Still, yeah, my times okay. that one. That, that one though, who knows? Depends how I'm feeling. Um. Well, either way, we we've come we've come to the end of things here. Bang on time as well, because I need to be to to be skipping off. But uh, it's 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 been a while since we did one of these, and uh, as always, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add on to things? I assume you've said your piece. Brilliant stuff. Thank you so much, boys, for being here. Uh, thank you for watching at home or on the bus or on the shitter wherever you are and watch these kind of shows. We love you lots, and we'll see you again soon.